Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, October 25th. We are here live. I hope we're live. Uh, I was scrambling around a little bit this morning to uh, get a good satellite set up. I rolled into uh, Nashville much, much later than I had anticipated last night. Um, when I left the show yesterday, I figured I had, uh, I think, about five and a half hours to get down. I think it took me more like 10 and a half or 11. What a brutal day of driving. Two major accidents. We were parked on the interstate the first time for about an hour and a half. Uh, I was kind of delirious by that point, but I think the first one was a set of doubles that got uh, the tractor and the lead trailer were off in the woods and the rear trailer was sitting in the lane when I came by. I don't know if they got it. I think they had a bunch of heavy equipment there. They might have picked it back up. Um, they had the road closed for quite a while. Then we got rolling again and I was within 30 minutes of my destination here in Nashville. And I saw a sign that said, I-24 is closed. You must get off at exit 31. And then I hit the backup at mile marker 27. And we were parked. Then we started moving a couple spots and park for four minutes. And I thought, okay, they're actually getting off the exit. And we have two solid lanes of traffic for three and a half miles up till me. There was a big line behind me. Um, we're going to be here all night. And we were parked there and barely moving for, it was a couple hours. Then I figured somebody up near the exit must be directing traffic. Except when I got up there, there was nobody directing traffic all right, so uh, I reconnected. Hopefully that holds. Um, seems like the satellite is working good. I had to move here at the last minute, but I got it all set up. I just don't understand why we keep dropping phone calls. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, so um, back to the story. By the time I got up to the exit, there was nobody there directing traffic at all. I didn't see a single emergency vehicle there at the exit, no law enforcement, no owns, no directions, no nothing. And the whole thing kind of fell apart when I got to the exit. Some people were getting off and some people kept going on 24. And um, Lisa had looked it up for me and found out the wreck was at the almost to the 33. So I decided to take a chance and keep going on 24 instead of getting off the exit. And I'm glad I did because we only waited maybe another 10 or 15 minutes. And then they had the a lane cleared and we were able to get past. But uh, then when I got here, the, the GPS was off on the address for the uh, RV park. And it was on a dark, windy, two-lane road and... The GPS said it's right here, and it wasn't right there. And I kept driving, and I actually drove right past the place and missed it because their sign wasn't lit up. And then I came back. I finally found a place to turn around and came back and then got back to the exit where I could park and found out that I went right by it, so I went back. By the time I parked last night, I was kind of delirious. And then I was up on top of the coach at late last night trying to get the satellite to work. And finally, I went to bed, got up this morning and decided to move. Uh, 
my spot isn't quite as nice as my first one was, but uh, I think I've got better satellite here. So that was my uh, that was my final day of the trip. I'm settled in Nashville. I've got a week before my keynote, so I can uh, I can just relax, kind of hide out. I'm not going to be doing much work this week. I thought I might do a space, but I'm not going to. Uh, I really need to focus on the keynote and get that done. And then if I get that done and I have some time, I'm probably going to go spend some time at Nastic uh, talking about some ideas. So I am happy to be here. I feel like I can finally breathe and relax. In fact, after the show today, I think I'm taking the rest of the day off. Um, I might catch up on some sleep. I did get up this morning and felt pretty good. I was so exhausted last night. I did sleep good. And then I got up this morning and I felt so good I went out and walked about a mile. I should have been working on the satellite, except I couldn't. Nobody was in the office yet, so I couldn't move spots. So uh, I managed to do that at the last minute. So I'm feeling pretty good. We, um, we're going to open the phone lines right now. This is Destination Health today. If you've got a question, you're going to want to jump in here right now. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, Dr. Ben Tapper will be joining me. Uh, ben has with, been with us before. Ben is a, um, a functional chiropractor, um, believes in a lot of the same things about health that we do. But Ben was just a small town practitioner and uh, he became kind of notorious. He has now been named as part of the Dirty Dozen by the Biden administration. Uh, they claimed that he was spreading massive amounts of misinformation during COVID, except everything he was spreading turns out to be true. And now they even admit it, but no apologies for the, uh, the people that have been slandered so bad being called by the president himself and the administration being called the dirty dozen for spreading misinformation. Unbelievable. So, uh, we will hear from Ben, I think he's got a uh, some new things going on in his world, and we'll find out what he thinks about what's going on in the world. So jump in and, uh, and join us. If you've got a question, 855-950-3835. Uh, I have some things I was going to talk about, but I think I'll hold off. We've got a, some calls coming in. Jump in and join us. I'll, uh, I'll hold some of my thoughts till I'm talking to Dr. Tapper. Let's get to some phone calls. Let's get started in San Diego. Mark, welcome. Hey, Kevin. What's so I don't know if you, so you had a, you had a good, I recommend a, a book first. Say that again. You're breaking up just a little bit. A book about what? Uh-oh, Mark. Oh, I'm here. You there? Yeah, I, I'm, I know we have some issues here, but this is your cell phone. Can you get to a better spot? Can you hear me now? Now I can. Go ahead. I heard something about a book recommendation, but I didn't hear the topic. It was Earthing. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked me about this last week. I don't, I've never read any books about Earthing. Somebody <clears throat> said there was one. You, gotta, you really got to uh, listen to that book. Oh, I listened to it, and there's a lot of interest. Okay. There's a lot of uh, products, and I've done some research on some products. I was wondering if you and Lisa could do some research on some products to put in the store. Absolutely. We're always looking for good stuff to put in the store. Yeah, you got to listen to that book first, though, and then okay. go from there it, on so, whether it be a, a bed sheet or a blanket 
or a pad that you, you stand on. Hey, I've got a question about this. We've talked about this before, and I don't know if the book covers this or not. I, I am still trying to understand how you get a ground on a vehicle. So how would it? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, because of the tires. Exactly. You're, the vehicle is not grounded. That's why it's safe to sit in your vehicle in a lightning storm, because if you get hit by lightning, you're not grounded. It won't matter. So how do we? So the book covered that as far as oh, good. a big truck is concerned. And they said because of the how the chassis, huh. that, that it pretty much covers. And there's a whole section on a guy got in a tractor with a grounding sheet and he he rode with some drivers to see the effect and they said they felt a different way of feeling if you know what i mean yeah see i i've got a little bit of an issue with that can we get some better science about why it would either work or not work because when somebody says oh i tried it and i feel better well, well that's great but the the uh, placebo effect is real. So I need right. somebody to explain to me why we could still be grounded, even though we have no connection to the ground. Right. So the book does cover that. I just can't reiterate it or explain yeah. it the okay. same way. So I, li I live in an apartment. What I did is I ordered a outlet checker to make sure that this place is grounded right. to the earth right. before I even go and purchase a hundred $130 blanket or a bed sheet because it covers it not only walking barefoot, but sleeping grounded for eight hours a day um, is good also. Well, I, I completely agree with that. And here's why. As hunter-gatherers, we were grounding 24 hours a day. There was never right. a time as hunter-gatherers where we weren't grounded. We slept on the ground. We walked on the ground. We had no artificial materials. So even when we started making, you know, foot coverings out of leather and hides, you're still grounding then. It's just the fact that we wear right. shoes with artificial materials that don't conduct electricity well. And sometimes we, there are people I am positive that live, you know, in big cities that probably never ground. I mean, think about that. They, they, or it could be weeks or months in between a little bit of grounding here and there. So I am right. all for grounding every chance we can. And if I can be grounded while I'm sleeping, that's awesome. I just, I just want somebody to explain to me if any of this really works in a vehicle. Yeah. And, and well, how, how do we know that? Yeah. How do we know? What is the indication that we could say, yes, it works because of this? So the book covers that. I recommend that you listen to it. And I'm going to. Hopefully, uh, Lisa or you can do some research on getting some products that you guys recommend in I, the store, and I'll be looking forward to that. I will do that. In fact, I'm not going to listen to it because that would be a couple weeks from now when I leave. I'm going to read that one. I should have plenty of reading time in the next week. I just listened to a couple novels on the way here because I didn't feel like thinking. So uh, I'm ready to do a little research. I think I, I might read that one today. Give me the name of it again. Yeah, let's Because I don't grounded. know if I have my... Is it's that it? Earthing. Earthing. All right. Uh, I'm going to get that one. You want the author? Mm. No, it, I think I found like it. like three guys. Clint, yeah, Clinton Ober, Stephen Sinatra. Stephen Sinatra. Isn't he a cardiologist? 
Um, I'm not sure. It I, says MD. I think he might be a cardiologist. I think I've read something else by him. I think he's written some good books about cholesterol. All right. I, You're talking uh, about the book, and then maybe hopefully doing some research. Yep. Here it is right here, and I am putting it on my Kindle with one click. I, I love the way Amazon makes it so easy for me to spend money. One click. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have got it. All right, man. All right. You'll be Good hearing about this soon. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thank, All right, buddy. Thanks for the heads up on this one. I appreciate it. I honestly never went to look for a book on earthing or grounding because I didn't think there was enough to write about it to, to fill a book. Turns out there is. So uh, I will get my hands on that. Um, that was the only phone call we had. So if you want to uh, jump in, I would do it now. Uh, I did have some topics. I was going to hold off on them until we got uh, Dr. Tapper in with us. So pick up the phone and join me. Uh, I am in Nashville. I will be mostly stationary for the next week or so before the event starts. I'm not going to do much of anything other than uh, get my head clear, do some writing. You know, I... I um, I've talked about the resistance, and it's almost like the uh, the resistance has been overly powerful um, when it comes to this event and this trip. And I talked about it in the fact that I, I believe it's because it's such an important partnership for us. Um, I'm really looking at the Nastic partnership as, as maybe one of our biggest and most beneficial for our tribe. Um, David and Owen, I believe a lot of the same things when it comes to owner operators and small carriers and how to help them succeed. And, and they do an amazing job of it. They're kind of, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at them like the submerged whale. They, I believe they have 180,000 power units in their membership. I think it was 15,000 members, but 180,000 power units. I think that's pretty close to the numbers. Um, I would say that that has to make them the largest small carrier owner-operator association in the industry. I think um, OIDA claims like 180,000 members but I've never seen a number on how many power units that might be. I know they have a lot of company drivers. So you would think Nastic would be better known in the industry, except they just kind of keep their head down, and they just have built a, a great organization for owner-operators and small carriers. So um, I'm looking forward to spending quite a bit of time with them this week, then at the event, and... Um, also, Dave and I have planned some things for after the event. Uh, so I think we're going to be brainstorming some new ideas for owner-operators and small carriers. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, phones are starting to light up. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get to some calls here in just a second. Uh, ben Tapper is going to be joining us here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, so let's get let's get some calls in. You know what? Today might be a fun day um, to ask Dr. Tapper questions as well. Maybe that's what we'll do. 
Maybe we'll open it up and him and I will uh, we'll take some phone calls. I didn't mention that to him, but I sh- I'm sure he would be up for it. So pick up the phone and join us. If you've got a question about health, anything goes, 855-950-3835. Uh, one of the things um, I want to talk with Dr. Tapper about, uh, where we are with uh with with our health in in the world right now with everything going on one of the things i was kind of shocked about driving across the country i don't know why i'm shocked but i always am i can't count how many billboards i have seen coming across the country pushing vaccines i don't ever remember that maybe i just wasn't paying attention before maybe it didn't click with me but um I saw flu vaccines, RSV vaccines, COVID vaccines, all kinds of billboards for vaccines, which seemed uh, seemed kind of odd. All right, we're uh, we're screening calls, but not sure if they're having trouble with the phone system. We'll get a call up here in just a second. Jump in and join us. Like I said, we're going to continue taking calls uh, even while. Dr. Tapper is with us, and we'll uh, we'll ask him to jump in and help us out with some answers. So uh, if you've got a call, a question, jump in and join us, 855-950-3835. Uh, one of the other things um, health-wise I experienced on the way here, and uh, I thought it was interesting. So I've been eating probably since uh, Saturday when I left. I've been eating more strict carnivore than I ever have. In fact, it was probably my diet on the last four days on the way here. I would say it was about 98% carnivore. Very little. uh, Now, there are some things I throw in there. uh, Fruit. I have an interesting thought on fruit, too. Um... I'm just looking at the calls here because when we get a call screen, I want to get to it. Um, let me see if they're having issues. Okay. Um, there we go. All right. Now I've got some calls. Let's go to... I'll come back to that thought, by the way, on eating. I just want to get to these calls while we've got some time. Let's go to Cheyenne. Max, welcome. Hello, Kevin. Um, I would... This is really not a health question. I was going to tell you about maize. Uh, I grew up in Texas, and maize substitutes for corn I, uh, in feedlots. I always thought that that um, was, wasn't that like the Native American word for corn, maize? Yes, I I've, heard, so. I've read that. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, but maize, we used to raise the hell out of it in Texas because it, it would stand the heat and the dry summers. And we didn't have that much irrigation. So I keep hearing and, uh, used to. What, what happened? Why did that change? I think everybody went to irrigated corn. Oh, okay. Um, when I was living out in Lubbock, Texas in the 60s, going to school, uh, I worked for a place out of Pittsburgh, L.B. Foster Company, and they we were selling irrigation, well casing, irrigation products. And uh ooh, it was amazing how many irrigation wells were punched in that time period. 16-inch so, casing. So let me ask you this. Um, and so it was popular. We grew a lot of it. 
then we figured out we could yes. irrigate and grow corn instead. Um, why, yes. why does there seem to be this move back towards this? I think people are trying to get away from irrigation because it is so goddamn costly. Oh, I'll bet. Uh, I'll bet. Uh, electric electricity. That's, I think they're scared of the power grid too. Uh, and they'll probably have to go back to diesel engines. Uh, those wells in Lubbock were 400 feet deep, and at that time, electricity wouldn't raise the water 400 feet. Ah. We use, they used old, well, we were in the 60s. They used four, 427 Chevrolets and 429 <laughs> Ford. Big blocks. That's what they used to raise yeah. the water. You yeah. uh, drive down the road, and out there, you would hear the engines running at night. And you could see the manifolds hey, glowing red. Hey, you know, I, I was just reading a novel not that long ago. I think it was a Scarpetta novel, um, or it might have been a Jack Reacher. I, uh, I think it was a Jack Reacher novel. They talked about that in Mississippi. They talked about using uh, car engines um, to run the irrigation in the fields, but I think it was in Mississippi. Yes, that that's all they used. In the 60s, when I was working for that L.B. Foster company, and huh. they were in the steel business, it just happened that they opened a yard there in Lubbock to sell uh, irrigate yeah. well casing. For, now, and I, we also I, hauled bridge piling. I, I could see where, you know, it's one thing if you've got your own well and you're not paying anything for the water, but to irrigate large tracks would take a lot of electricity. And then you are vulnerable. One, that's the cost of electricity. But two, you know, we keep hearing about the grid failing and we may not have enough power. And, and that would be devastating if you lost a whole crop over that. Yeah, I go 200 miles into Nebraska five days a week. And I've noticed there's they planted a lot of dry land corn. Huh. First, there's not the, I mean, this end of Nebraska is not the the heart of the farm country it's after you get down around grand island right and down in there um, but uh there is a lot of farming but i've noticed they planted a lot of well i saw a few a few fields of maize too down just north of julesburg colorado i saw them combining that a week or so ago yeah a bunch of it so was still in the field when i, I was coming through just now i well Corn harvest is definitely on in Nebraska, but I see the combines are setting still. Apparently, the moisture is still too high to combine it. But uh, why, don't, why don't they just saturate it with glyphosate? That seems to work. <laughs> I, I don't know. Glyphosate has been overused. It's been used for every damn thing, and I think I think the weeds are getting uh, immune oh, to glyphosate. They yeah. absolutely are. You know, the, the good news is I, I did see a solution to this that I actually think is pretty brilliant. Um, with AI now, artificial intelligence, they've got these laser machines that de-weed fields with a laser, and I guess they are crazy accurate. Like they just, you pull this thing behind the tractor and it's got cameras, and it, it finds tiny little weeds even and zaps them with the laser. I'll be damned. That, uh, a forerunner to that, back when I was a kid, there was people trying to use 
flame they right. on their cultivators. Yeah, they put I, flame. I mean, they put fire and they. I use that burn the weed. I but, use that in my garden. I have a uh, I have a propane tank on a dolly with a big torch, and I just walk around and torch all the weeds. That works pretty well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it works. Uh, but that was that was kind of a forerunner to what you're talking about with technology. Yeah. The, the AI it's and the laser is, is cultivation. pretty cool. Hey, Max, I, I've got to get to some calls. We've got a guest coming up. I'm going to move along. Thanks for that, though. I'm uh, Like I said, I saw those fields, and I didn't recognize it, and it seemed odd, and then I ran into a social media post about it. Let's go to Alabama. Danny, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I know you don't follow Dr. Barry all that much, but uh, now this is from the wife. Cause I, I don't watch a lot of him and uh, his, his wife, Nisha, they both have their YouTube channels where the, uh, he does a lot of Q and A's. Um, and then she does kind of her own videos where she'll show all kind of, you know, my life today or, you know, yeah. my, here's my day, you know, here's breakfast and whatnot. Yeah. So anyway, she gets a lot of flack for feeding the baby real food, right? <laughs> she'll cook like sausage and bacon and <laughs> eggs and she'll cut it up and See. the kid eats it. And, you know, people flip out because, you do, know, you're going to give them baby food. Do, do, do people, that is baby food. Do people realize that commercial baby food is a very new product in the market? I know this. You would think people would learn by now, but part of the reason for my call here, and who, who's who's doing the call screening? Was that Lisa? Uh, both Lisa and Chelsea have been screening this morning. Maybe che- Chelsea whoever sounds. Whoever I couldn't hear who. I, Chelsea sounds a lot like Lisa. It's Lisa's daughter. Um, there are times she she can fool me. Every once in a while, she'll be near Lisa's phone, and I'll call it, and she'll answer it. And it takes me, I, I have to really pay attention to make sure I know the difference. <laughs> well, she said she was going to do a little fact-checking on me here. So Got it. Um, I didn't hear him say this, but it was in one of his videos, apparently. But they pulled his license over his book. Lies my doctor told me. Uh, why am I not surprised? You know, one of the... Um, I'm surprised he's still on YouTube, to be honest, because, I mean, his YouTube channel is just him, Q&A. Yeah. You know, it, Dr. Barry, I got this problem, and, you know, and, well, do this, this, and read my, you know, search my videos on, you know, whatever, and... So yeah, I'm surprised he's not hasn't been canceled. You know, at one part, at one point, I was I was doing some more education, some blood work training, some other things, and I was looking at a program that would have allowed me to get board certified. And I started to go through that process, and I stopped and thought, why would I bother? Why do I want to be board certified? All I do is give some board the power to to censor me or, or you know, cancel my license because of what I, I would rather just be completely unlicensed and not have to worry about all that crap. I can still do the same work. I can still help people get healthy. I don't need a license for that. And and uh, somebody was uh, and uh, had called in or you know was doing his Q and A thing and uh, they had mentioned about uh, going to see Doctor Wilson over something. Apparently, he doesn't like Doctor Wilson. He's, he's like an overpriced 
doctor or whatever, and uh, I don't know what his reason is. He didn't say, but uh, that's just another thing that he said for whatever reason. But well, the the only you know, Dr. You know, Barry it, is all about it, you know. Here, here's my opinion on this. Um, and we've talked about that. I mean, we work very closely with Dr. Wolfson. He's kind of our advanced program. Um, if I were doing the kind of work he was doing, we'd have to charge significantly more. But the way I see this, the only entity that decides whether something is overpriced or not is the market, not anybody else's opinion. And he seems to be doing just fine. True. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know what what his uh, reasoning was for it. And, you know, Dr. Perry's basically, you know, the, the beef, butter, bacon, eggs. If that's all you eat, that'll basically fix everything. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I'll watch some of his stuff. If, if I'm home and she puts it on, I'll watch it. But, you know, I, you know, I it's don't just repetition over and over. And, and you're right. And the reason is I agree with what he's saying. I agree with get the diet right and most of the problems will go away. And that's why we're able to work with about 90% of the people that reach out to us directly. It's 5 to 10% that, that the diet didn't solve the problem. Or, and you never know, and I'm not going to fight with people, they may not be strict enough on the diet. You're never getting the true, you know, what they ate, what they didn't eat. But at some point, we do find a lot of success by handing off those tougher cases to Dr. Wolfson. And I've had people comment on the price, but everybody seems very happy with the results. Yeah. I like his shirts, though. He wears it's a PhD, and then it stands for a proper human diet. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, it does. Hey, uh, I'm going to cut you loose. We're going to bring in uh, Dr. Tapper. And uh, continue on with the calls. If you want to join us, um, you'll get a two for today. Uh, Dr. Tapper, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back on. It's great to, it's great to be here. Hey, I, I hope you don't mind. I kind of committed you to helping me with questions today. Absolutely, brother. I'd uh, love to help in any way I can. Fantastic. So um, I, what do you got know, for me? I don't know where you came in on that last call, but uh, the the idea was that uh, Dr. Ken Berry may have lost his license over a book? You know, this is a common theme. It's anything that talks about anything outside of the, the three-letter organization, they're going to be scrutinized, persecuted. I mean, I just had a conversation with two docs just in the last week that lost their license for um, going against the grain. One doc was Dr. Malik out in Europe. He talked about, you know, he was talking, just his stance on the vaccine. They took his license, they fired him from the hospital. Okay. And so then Dr. Scott Miller out in Washington, he was a pediatrician and he basically, you know, we need to be praying for his family. I have yet to hear the, hear the update, but he left a suicide note last week because they took his license. He was a oh. pediatrician. He was prescribing ivermectin, prescribing ivermectin during the pandemic and uh, it took his license, took his license away. Unbelievable. Where we anybody that's going to recommend nutritional advice that goes against the the pyramid of the government food pyramid anybody that's going to get people well per se it, they don't like that big pharma doesn't like competition and they don't want people well they just want to manage disease and that's the problem you know it seems like the safest way to do this is just not be licensed well you know and that's why I got on network I've been I've been in network for over a decade 
And you know, being under in contract, a legally binding contract with these insurance companies, you're you, you you're opening the door for them to come in and scrutinize you, persecute you in any way, or take your license yeah. because you are in violation of their legally contract. So they can financially um, bury you, and that's why I got out of network. You know, every every month I had a report card with these insurance companies that said, "Hey." You build this or, you know, they, they, they can say, I want these notes and you, you have no um, authority. You have no say you have to basically be their slave and do what they tell you to do or you are in violation of that contract and they can basically come after you. Now there are scope. There is a scope of practice, obviously, within your license that you have to operate in. I mean, I can't be everything else in my clinic, but I have to keep in within the scope of my practice. But you are right. The best thing to do is almost not even get licensed and to say, I'm, I'm here and I'm just trying to get people well. And, um, and you have to be very careful with what your claims are. If I was uh, going out and telling everyone I'm curing cancer, this drug's going to cure cancer. Yes, it might cure cancer, but you're going to open the door with that kind of bold claim and say, Hey, we're just trying to get the body. Well, yeah, you have to yeah. be very wise with your, you have to be wise with your words because the world we live in, I mean, big pharma has monopolized, hey, monopolized sickness and disease you know, and they don't want anybody to get well. I'm a little confused. I certainly get the whole big pharma thing. That makes total sense to me. They are nothing but drug pushers. They want to be able to push and sell as many drugs as they can, and people like you and I are a threat to that. I get that. I'm confused about the insurance companies. Obviously, they don't really work the way I think they work. It seems to me like insurance companies would want to minimize claims. I mean, I, I just look at it as a business yeah. model. Right. You, you take in revenue through premiums, and you have to pay out claims, and like any business, you have to control your cost, and that means controlling the claims. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like these insurance companies care about that at all. They don't try to right. I mean, cut finance, costs yeah. at all. It seems yeah. like they're if they if they were really interested in cutting outgoing claim costs, they would embrace people like you. Hundred percent. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're financial institutions, and so there was a study that was published in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons, and they talked about um, how that people that sought out chiropractic care or lifestyle acquired um, therapeutics or different things like that, they would uh, they had a sixty uh, percent less surgeries and 60% less hospitalizations, 80% less medications. And so it would save billions and billions of dollars every year. But that's why big pharma and the, the medical establishment lobbied our government to have government take over healthcare. And because they knew that if, if this, if these stats were really to get out there and they would see that, Oh, their lifestyle, making different lifestyle changes can save billions and, and, you know, different modalities and therapeutics are highly effective at saving costs that it would, it would revolutionize our healthcare system, but they don't want that information out there. They want to monopolize our healthcare system and they don't want to cure disease. They want to manage it. And, and like, I'm like you, it baffles me. These are financial institutions. They sh if they want to save money and cut costs and folks on different therapeutics at work, 
focus on different modalities that work, lifestyle care. I mean, 80% of chronic disease is lifestyle acquired. I mean, it, it, it's sedentary lifestyles. And these medications are never going to cure disease. They're there to palliate poor lifestyle. And if we just focus on, you know, I just were, was listening to the guy talk about nutritional and diet changes. Diet can play a huge role. I mean, our food is nutritionally bankrupt. It's designed to look better, smell better, taste better, but it's nutritionally garbage. We spray 80 million pounds of glyphosate on our soil every year. And, you know, we have so many toxins in this world today. We have more stress than that before. So if we just focus on the main pillars of health and and with folks on eating well, moving well, thinking well, praying well, relating well, then our body will be well. I mean, our level of health is really the genetic expression of how we eat, move, think, pray, and relate. And we're ignoring those pillars. We're just thinking that we're sick because of bad luck or bad genes or, or a, some kind of droplet that's out in the universe somewhere. And that's just bad science. We need to focus on lifestyle changes and, and we can be well. And that's, there's no money in that. Yeah, you know, it, it, I was just talking about Dr. Wolfson a little bit ago. He's a regular on our show, and uh, he's become a friend of mine. And, and he has a phrase, I, he just repeats it over and over and over, eat well, think well, move well. And and it's kind of just yeah. what you just said, that, that it, it takes care of so much of this. And on the other hand, I don't know why I continue to be shocked about this kind of news, but but I just read where they are now expecting that our and now they just call them weight loss drugs. Wait a minute. These were diabetic drugs. Now, all of a sudden, we've just rebranded them as weight loss drugs, and they are predicting they will become the best selling drugs of all time. Right. You know, and that's the thing. It's. People just want the pill. They want the quick fix, the easy fix. And we're neglecting so many areas of the body. And I, I ain't predicting weight loss drugs are going to cause massive problems because they're interrupting, you know, the body's processes and really physiology because it's like they don't change anything in their lifestyle. They just take a pill and they're, and they're losing weight. Well, what is, what is that? What are they bypassing in the body to cause that hap, to happen? I mean, we have cortisol levels through the roof. We have an imbalance, what we call in the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is your stress eliminating system of the body, HPA axis for short. And let's say so many people have an imbalance in that system, which causes cortisol levels to be imbalanced. And all hormones are on a circadian rhythm. And so if cortisol levels are imbalanced or if they're high or low, or if we have dysfunction in that axis, you're going to have problems losing weight. So we need to address that cause. And if they don't address that cause and say, hey, just take that pill, you're going to lose weight, people are going to run to that. And they're still going to have an imbalance or dysfunction in their HPA axis. And now you are causing them to lose weight, causing an even more imbalance into the HPA axis, which is going to cause more disease, which big pharma loves, which means more profits for them. And that's the problem. We need to get to the cause. And it's like the wilted plant. You've got a wilted plant and the allopathic model, they want to, they, you know, they look at that wilted plant, they throw medication at that plant. They want to cut off its leaves. They want to vaccinate that plant. And really the, 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 the cure for the wilted plant is water. Give that plant water and it can't be well. And your body is no different. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the stress, uh, the HPA, the cortisol, it, it has been our big, big focus for the last couple of years because we, we've kind of got the diet thing figured out. You know, we help a lot of people with diet. We've, um, 
we we deal with a, a pretty tough group of you know over the road drivers, and diet was incredible what we've been able to accomplish. And then we noticed some backsliding a couple of years ago, and and we identified it as stress. The world has become a very very stressful place. So we've been putting a pretty big focus on that. There's another area, though, that these drugs disrupt. And you are right. We are going to see massive problems with this. We both know nutrition is the key to health. It absolutely is. That's why food is so important. But you can eat the best food in the world. But if you can't digest it properly, you're just throwing your money away. And we, we have worked really hard on helping people with all the things that can go wrong with their digestion. And that's what these drugs impact. They impact digestion. They yeah. slow down digestion. They keep food in the stomach a lot longer. That's why people aren't eating as much. That, to me, sounds like a recipe for disaster. It's 100%. I mean, we have... I mean, we, I know we have a short time here, but we could talk for hours just on that topic alone. I mean, we have more gut imbalances. We have more, um, you know, we have an epidemic of chronic disease and you in a massive, massive, massive pillar is around nutritional deficiencies or gut imbalances or gut dysfunction. And it's due to inflammatory markers that are spiking. We have nutritional, um, toxicities that are in our food that we have. I mean, glyphosate is the main, main thing. People say, well, I have a gluten insensitivity. Well, really, <laughs> is it gluten or is it going to be glyphosate? Right. You know, that's a deal. And, it, you know, we have, and again, you go to the, the supermarket, it's, you know, the food, I'm like, stay out of the center aisles. Yeah, go and grow, Start growing your own food. Support, yes, start growing your own food or go to the farmer's market. Support your local farmers. You know, I started beekeeping here, and I was um, shocked at just the, 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 the allopathic mindset and the beekeeping side of things. I harvested about 100 pounds of honey here recently, and I realized just in the beekeeping industry, they have these mice strips that off-gas inside the hive, and it's like a pesticide that you they use in the highs. And some of these people say, oh, it's organic local honey. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, that's not organic really at all because you're using this chemo- this pesticide that goes in, into the, the hive and you're not even supposed to eat the honey for 12 months after you, oh. you use a mice strip. Oh. I'm like, I don't, want, I, don't want oh. any of that. I don't want any of that in my hive. No. So, you know, that's another, another component, which I would think, hey, local organic honey is super healthy. Then I started realizing, oh my goodness, you're not even supposed to eat the honey after you. And I'm like, are you using my mite strips? And they say, yeah, you have to. I'm like, no, you don't. No. I never use a mite strip. Oh. And my bees are healthy and they're happy and I harvest great. And so that's just one element that you think you're doing something right, but it's, again, it's going to cause problems. And so this is the thing. People need to, need to be educated in the food industry and realize what kind of foods are we consuming and how is it harvested? How is it farmed? Are they using the, these pesticides? And it, it's a major problem. It's causing imbalances. And like you said, you can throw all the vitamins and all the nutrients in the world, but if we have an imbalance in the gut or if we have inflammatory markers that are spiking in the gut, we'll never absorb those nutrients. I mean, we ha- I'm thankful for clean water. I mean, we have clean water, right, in our system. And they clean the water, but we put it, we chlorinate it, we fluoridate it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you, you know, it, the chlorine is going to cause an imbalance in the gut. It's going to wipe out some of the bacteria in the gut. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the pesticides, we're so afraid of this microscopic world, but the, it's a symbiotic relationship. If we don't have that bacteria to, on these plants and these vegetables, we're never going to – that bacteria is there to help break down and help absorb these nutrients. And they create byproducts like serotonin or vitamin K2 comes from the gut. 
And it's we need a healthy gut to absorb these nutrients. And and so I'm kind of rambling on, but that's that's another main main component. <laughs> no, I I love that. In fact, I'm gonna hit you up about your bees sometime here. Um, Lisa and I just recently, and it wasn't really planned. It was uh, it just kind of happened, and I think it was meant to happen. But um, we just recently bought a six acre hobby farm. Um, so we're we're pretty excited Damn. about that. We've uh, we've got chickens now, and I plan on bringing in bees um, in the spring. So I may uh, hit you up on some ideas on how to keep those truly organic. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I mean, there's small cell production honeys that you don't even have to worry about mites. You can use essential oils. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do to keep the mites off, off the, off the bees. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to help out. I don't know all, everything about beekeeping. Obviously I'm still kind of new, relatively new, but one thing I found out right away is not to use the pesticides inside the, yeah. the hives. But yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, what you can produce on six acres will blow your mind. I oh, mean, I recommend looking at the March, March, Mark Shepard's restoration agriculture and utilizing every square inch of that property. I mean, I got a buddy that's got four acres and the stuff that he's growing on four acres will blow your mind. I saw another restorative farm over in Papillion here outside of Nebraska. I visited the farm. He's got six acres and what he's produced on a six acre farm is unbelievable. The amount of crop and produce that he's getting on six acres is, is mind blowing. And, you know, it would revolutionize our farming industry. You know, I I was um, really shocked at how much I'm able to produce on about a actually less than a quarter of an acre. I I would it's probably more like an eighth of an acre that I've got where I currently live. But I've worked on it pretty intensively. I've done all the regenerative things to the soil and I am blown away by how much food I can produce in that little space. And then I look at this right. six acres and about four and a half of it are, are clear and farmable. And I thought, you can produce incredible amounts of food in that space. 100%. Not only that, if you don't even have, like, let's say, you know, I'm in Nebraska. We got snow coming on Saturday. I mean, but I have uh, researched the geothermal aspects of these, of like, of like, of Wallapini greenhouses or other like Russ Finch's model. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's 90 something years old. I visited his farm in Alliance and they, they, they basically made fun of him back in the eighties when he had the idea of growing tropical fruit in Nebraska. And, you know, Nebraska is <laughs> a big state for ag, right? I mean, right. it's a big, big deal. We got the, you know, and, and we're the corn state. Well, they mocked him and said, this, it'll never be done. Well, he basically said, well, watch me. He used a geothermal method, and now he's growing. He's been growing tropical fruit in Nebraska for over 20, 30-something years, 40 wow. years. And, you know, and, uh, and the methods are genius. And so we, you know, and I started researching the Wallapini greenhouses, and I talked to a lady up in Canada. She's like, we've, we've been growing bananas in 20 below. It's possible wow. with geothermal. And so I highly encourage you, if you don't have a grow season uh, all year round, you know, if you have the winter months, then you can look at a wall of painting greenhouses or geothermal methods, and you can grow all year round. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's fascinating, and it changes the whole paradigm of of you know farming and growing your own food. And so that's what I want to do because I don't have much sunlight on my property. I'm actually in uh, all of woods, and so I'm looking at trying to grow uh, you know mushrooms all year yeah. round and yeah. using like ge- you know wallapini style greenhouses and they're they're actually very cost effective because you know the wallapini methods are very a prim, uh, they're a primitive method of growing food and it's been around forever and you just basically dig 
um, eight feet down, you have 58 degrees all year round. Wow. And so you, you have to utilize that method and it's, you have to have the ventilation methods, right? You do have to have, if you want sunlight, um, you basically have to kind of angle and put a lot of planning in, in the Wallapini styles, but yeah. it is a phenomenal, phenomenal way to, to get around the winter season and to, and to pro to extend your uh, grow season. Yeah. I, I've been working on that concept with some, you know, green, a little bit of greenhouse stuff and some grow lights and some other things. And I've gotten to the point, we've got a pretty mild climate where I am in Oregon. We don't get really cold at all. Um, We don't get a lot of sunlight in the winter months is our bigger problem. But I've been able to harvest now 10 months out of the year out of the garden. I, I can get things out of the garden 10 months out of the year. So I got two more to try to figure out how to keep stuff growing. But I love this idea. Yeah, that's yeah, the Wallapinis. Look it up, the Wallapinis, and then look up Russ Finch. You can type in oranges in Nebraska. There's a video <laughs> online, um, and you can you can watch his video. I found Russ Finch very, very inspiring, and the dude was so cool and humble. He'd let us uh, – we signed up for a tour and uh, online, and uh, you have to do the old greenhouse to get Russ Finch. If you do the new tour, you're going to get some other lady, and they're going to try to sell you on a greenhouse. Russ Finch, like I said, he's 90-something years old. Oh, wow. He is sharp as can be. And, uh, you know, we knock on the door and he's like, Oh, come on in. And he'd love to come on in. And I, I said, Hey, I said, Hey Russ, do you care if I film this? He goes, not at all. So I filmed the whole thing and I was asking him question after question after question. And he just didn't care. He gave me all this information, a wealth of information and, uh, oranges in Nebraska, Russ, which I can't, I can't recommend cool. that enough. Um, I, th- yeah, I think it should be on a massive, um, you know, a uh, tourist site in Nebraska, but apparently uh, Nebraska doesn't think that's uh, worthy, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely some, something to see and, and learn. And again, he has a wealth of information and he, and he'll give it to you. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, uh, I think it's a free uh, t- tour. And so he, you can go in and see his in a greenhouse. Yeah. So I, really uh, cool. I'm looking at his stuff now. So I, I have, uh, I've got a lot of good reading to do now. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. There's so much I want to talk to you about. Yeah, uh, you want to take some calls though. I think we have some people that actually want to yeah. uh, to ask yeah, us absolutely. some questions. So let's let's do that. Let's uh, let's get started in North Carolina. Sarah, welcome. Good day. Um, I, I was actually pretty interested in that wallapini thing. I'm going to look that up. I have this thing that I've designed. Um, in my head over the hours and hours and hours of driving for a, a winter greenhouse that's built in the ground. I have, huge, anyway, a whole uh, design drawn up in my brain. But um, I have a question today about um, cramps. Just in my right calf, like I'm taking the, the Ned that I tied before bed, and that seems to calm it a little bit, but after I get up and walk around a little bit, it just, this just started within the last week or so. My right calf just cramped really hard. So you're taking the magnesium in the Ned product. Um, any other, taking light balance or any other forms of magnesium? Um, I also, I'm also taking a cap full of light balance in my coffee in the morning. And when it started cramping, um, I put a small scoop of calm magnesium in with my cardio in my water during the day that seemed to quell it for the first day but not after that 
You know, it seems like if you're getting uh, some response from magnesium that maybe that's what it is. It is a mineral imbalance, so you might want to double up on some of those. Um, I just had an interesting experience on the way here. Uh, I might as well finish my story. Um, I mentioned that I was eating more strict carnivore than I ever have, and I'm feeling pretty darn good on the trip out here. Um, One of the things I didn't realize, so a couple things changed on the trip. One, I am drinking liquid like all day long. You know, I start off with coffee when I drive. I have a big thing of cardio next to me. I drink that. If I stop, I might have a second cup of coffee, which I almost never do at home. But when I'm driving, it seems better. And then I'll finish the night with cardio again. So it's a lot of liquid. And I've been urinating constantly. And I'm like, well, it's just because of all this liquid Mm -hmm. I'm drinking. And I was even getting up at night to do it. And then I woke up in the middle of the night with a cramp in my right foot. And I haven't had cramps in a long time. And I thought, I know exactly what's happening. I have not been in ketosis lately. You know, I've been really Mm -hmm. stressed. I haven't been watching. You know, I've been eating more carbs, nothing bad, but just more carbs than normal. And I really thought, you know, I, I was in and out of ketosis, but I don't think I was. And I think what happened was I just dumped all that water and glycogen again and starting to cramp. Uh, Dr. Tapper, any thoughts? There's a lot of thoughts. Cramps can be a lot of, uh, there's a lot of reasons for cramping. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, mineral deficiency, you know, that's our go-to right away or dehydration. Those are simple causes, right? But there's a lot of variables that can play a role. There can be emotional stresses that can cause cramping, believe it or not. Really? Um, and the first thing I, I think, yeah. So I think of, okay, well, is there, is there an increase in stress? A lot of the times people say, well, I wasn't, I'm not stressed now, but maybe three weeks ago I was really stressed. Well, then you're starting to feel the effects of different things, kind of like a prolonger. Now you're trying to, the body's trying to shift and get out of that combative uh, fight or flight system, or the sympathetic overload system. Um, I, I also look at digestive issues. Are we, I would get a secretory IgA, um, you know, saliva test done and just kind of see where you're at there and see if there are digestive markers. That's if it's a chronic cramping, okay? If it's a one-time thing, then I would say, okay, how's your water take then? How's your mineral things? Are you on a probiotic? Different things like that. Look at the diet. Um, but I'd also get a secretory IGA if it's been a chronic thing. People that have cr- constant cramping in the legs, and they're like, I'm drinking all the water in the world. I'm yeah, taking right. minerals. I'm taking all these things, and I'm still having cramping. Then that's when I would look at look further and get a secretory IGA and see, is there inflammatory things? Or is there, is there a gut imbalance? Or is there a pathogen in the gut that we need to address that's causing um, you know, different things and different issues like cramping. Got it. Well, I, I know there's, there's issues and stuff in the gut because I'm on a, in, I'm in month four of a six-month protocol to actually flush out toxins, mycotoxins, and other things. Maybe it's something in that I just started a couple of weeks ago in this month. Yes, that's, that's caught if, Right. If that's, and you're already on that, so that's my go-to. That's what I, I would probably guess is the cause of it, 100%. Uh, what warranted you to go in that protocol? Um, well, I found a large lump in my abdomen. And I had a yeah. CT scan. It was, um, my uterus is enlarged to twice normal size and full of fibroids. They said it was due to estrogen dominance. I did some right. mycotoxic testing, a whole bunch of testing, and they found out that, um, I had a bunch of detox pathways blocked with uh, microplastics, mm-hmm. our exhaust, and a whole bunch of stuff. So then I was set up on this protocol to flush that stuff out. That's exactly right. So there's your, so that calf issue right there, 
there's so mm-hmm. many things that can play a role. I mean, you got the areas of the calf and, and, and just that area. There's so much that goes through my brain from a neurological standpoint, that area, the marker there, the calf. Okay. So we have, okay. you know, uh, just from a dermatome level and the neurological level that uh, a lot of the times we think of, yeah, how do you say like there's an issue in the calf. So we go again, simple, simple mind. We'd think of dehydration or something like that or simple fix, but from a really a clinical standpoint, it's like, okay, what area is that from a dermatome level? We trace that back from a neurological standpoint. Okay. So that's, a you know, sacral S1, S2 region of a, of a dermatome level. We trace that up. What is that neuro, where is that neurology, the uh, innervating? So you have, you know, reproductive system, we have digestive system, and then we address that accordingly. What is that, what, what imbalances or dysfunction in the digestive system that's causing that uterus? Okay, there's, there's that level. So there's something going on with the uterus. Because the calf spiking, there's a cramp in the spike, that means there's some kind of dysfunction with rep, uh, reproductive organs like uterus, and that's 100% why you're having the cramping. So there's something going on with the uterus, your body is, uh, there is dysfunction there. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just thinking from a cl- uh, cl- clinician, neurological standpoint, dermatome level, neurological level, calf, calf is going to be cramping. Okay, there's a lot that goes through my brain. Um, and that's that's what I would I would recommend, getting a secretory IgA also to see where you're at with inflammatory okay. markers, other pathogens in the gut. Um, and hopefully that helps you out. And I'll, be, I'll be praying for you. And what was your name again? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. So just be praying for you. I would definitely highly recommend, um, they call it an SMP test. Okay. So, um, you want to do a stress and metabolic profile, um, and you test the circadian rhythms of cortisol, also secretory IGA and some other hormonal markers in there. Um, I can do that test for you. If you like, you can call my office. Um, and we can actually have the test sent right to your house. Um, you can find another doc that'll do that, but it's called an SMP test. I highly, highly recommend doing that. Um, if you're not working with a clinician that focuses on that, I would highly recommend finding one that does. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Um, let's grab another one. Let's go to Georgia. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I wanted to talk about Obamacare, if you got a minute. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the truck drivers out there realize it, but... Uh, I uh, have paid for my health care out of pocket for the last 20 years or so. Okay. And about three years ago, I've always had Kaiser. Um, they sent a letter to me and told me to check on the health care plans. And I did. And when I was making $50,000 a year, they paid for about $500 of my health care, and I paid 250 And now that I'm retired, um, next year... They're subsidizing me $909 a month, and that'll pretty much cover my health care. So it's free health care. We have socialized medicine, my friend, and I didn't even know it till two or three years ago. Yeah, we, we it's far more socialized than I'd like to see it. I, I could go on and on about um, about that whole topic. Uh, Dr. Tapper, I'm sure you have a few thoughts on that as well. You know, anytime the government gets involved in health care, it's anytime the government gets involved with anything, yeah. they're going to ruin it. You know, I feel like uh, I just resort back to the quote from Thomas Jefferson. If the people let the government decide what food they eat, what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in sorry state as old souls who live in their tyranny. 
I mean, when Obamacare uh, came in, yes, it, it's going it, 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 it ruined healthcare. I mean, it's basically creating it, you know, the DMV, I always say is like Satan's butthole and you got like, you know, <laughs> you know, do you want the DMV for healthcare? Uh, no, you don't. Yeah. It's like, it, it, we just got to get government out of healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, it's like, you know, what you used to always say, once we have it, I mean, they're not going to take it away, but it, it's here, right? And socialized medicine. Yeah. You know, you yep. you had mentioned but, uh, you, that's not really why I called. I just want. Okay, let me. Well, let me address sorry, that. Ahead, yeah, yeah, let me address it real quick, and then we'll get on to your other question. Um, I, I have been paying for my own health care for my entire life. Um, I have never been under any kind of an employer plan because I've been self-employed since I was fifteen. Uh, what a disaster the whole thing has been. I mean, I, I could go on and on about how it's changed, all the different programs I've had to try to go through. I was big on MSAs for a long time, and then they became HSAs, and the government screwed them up. A good idea. They totally destroyed the whole concept of it. Um, I finally just opted out of the entire health care system, and I use a medical sharing program now. They're, they're run through ministries and churches, and there's several out there, and I am very, very happy with this. Um, my premiums are very mm. reasonable. I don't use health insurance hardly ever. It's, it's emergency only. I am fine. When, right. when I had my HSA, I carried $10,000 deductibles, and I think everybody should. I mean, you should be able to pay for mm-hmm. your basic health care out of your own pocket because the minute we get an insurance company involved, the cost has to go up. It's impossible not to. So we want to keep the insurance mm-hmm. companies out of this process as much as possible. But we've also brainwashed people into thinking if, if they don't have a $25 copay and, and everything else is free, they're pissed off. And and they, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why we think we should maintain our house with our own money, our car with our own money, but somehow we can't pay to maintain our own body. We, we want somebody else to do that. And I don't get that mentality. Um, now with the medical sharing, I, I had, you know, when I broke my hand, that was obviously in an emergency they covered everything. It was the first time I've ever really used it and all this time I've had it. And, and I was blown away by how well it worked. So I, I highly recommend it. If you are willing to pay for some of your own care and you're willing to take a little bit of risk, this isn't technically insurance. They don't use the same terms that insurance does, but I'm really happy with mine. And can I say something, Kevin? Yeah. So yeah. You know, health insurance, first of all, has nothing to do with health. Good point. It's, it's 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 like, you know, just saying like life insurance has, you know, just as much to do with life as it, yeah. it, it, it has anything to do with life. It has nothing to do with health. It's just should be for crisis care, emergency care situations. And, you know, I use a MediShare, a Christian sharing organization as well. And, you know, I was paying, I have a uh, family of six, okay, and we... I was paying over well over a thousand dollars a month yeah. for healthcare, health insurance. Insane. And I'm like, we have a ten thousand dollar deductible. It's stupid. It, it's 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 a ripoff. We never utilize it. And thank the Lord. And so what we did was we got a Christian sharing organization, and we pay now like two hundred some dollars a month. And you know they will cover anything if we hit our deductible, and it's great. But again, it, it has nothing to do with health. And so you know, here was what I was surprised about when I first looked at these these. Uh, sharing programs, I looked at it and thought, how could this work? 
They're not charging anywhere near mm-hmm. what insurance companies charge. They seem to cover everything the insurance company covers and more. And I looked at it and honestly thought this must be too good to be true. Except I'm with Liberty right. Share and I've been with them for years. And Liberty Share shares all their numbers internally, how much money they took in, what they paid out. I started looking at their financials and I'm like, well, this has been working really well for decades. But I don't understand mm-hmm. why insurance is so complicated and so expensive. This works really well. Right. Yeah, expensive it is. What I was paying, you know, 700 800 next year $900 for a single 60-year-old male. It's, yeah. it's outrageous. But I've listened to you for years, Kevin, and I'm, uh, I don't go to the doctor. I'll go if I get in the wreck or something, I guess. Yeah, right. I'm right. on no medications. Uh, I had autoimmune conditions. I reversed. I'm 155 pounds and 5 foot 8, so I feel good and strong and awesome. healthy as ever. Awesome. However, my friend has been diagnosed uh, at the emergency room. He was feeling tired for a couple of days and said, I think I probably need to go to the emergency room. They scanned his heart and did all that. He has been diagnosed with left bundle branch blockage. He's got to go see a physician about that tomorrow. Do you know anything about that? I don't even claim to know much about, you know, those kind of true medical issues at all. I would, uh, you know, it's a cardiology issue. I could certainly recommend Dr. Wolfson. Dr. Tapper probably knows more about this than I do. But here's the real issue. Um, You know, Dr. Mm Tapper, it's kind of funny how many people call during my health show and it goes like this call does. I'm fine. I don't have any problems because I changed my diet a couple of years ago. But my friend, my cousin, my brother, my... and it's always, <laughs> yeah. it, it, that seems, I get more calls about other people um, than I do with callers anymore, which I love. I love hearing that people aren't on medications and they're doing well, but it's always frustrating trying to help that third party. Um, here's what we know. He's in the, in the conventional medical system. They will have several drugs for this condition. They probably have a couple procedures for this condition and, and, None of it works. None of it makes anybody healthy. Mm -hmm. None of it fixes anybody's cardiovascular issues. The only thing that fixes this is what we talk about all the time, diet and lifestyle. So, you know, I, I always try to tell people, I appreciate that you're trying to help other people. It's frustrating. It's frustrating for me. I don't help anybody that doesn't ask me for my help because I, it's just not worth the trouble. But we have to get really serious well, I, with I, these people and ask them, are you willing to make radical changes in your diet? And if not, then they might as well just stick with the conventional system because I don't have any other advice. Dr. Tapper, anything you want to add right. to that? Well, oddly enough, Kevin, um, can I say something right Sure, quick? go ahead. Uh, oddly enough, about three weeks ago, and this incident just happened like seven weeks ago, or maybe four weeks ago, he started eating like I did oh, good. and uh, doing the intermittent fasting. So I think he's willing to listen, especially after, uh, you know, this episode he's had. But, uh, yeah, he's willing to do stuff I do, and he's uh, cut the sugar out and uh, the grain. So he's then, on board with the diet that I'm eating and you're eating. Then if he's willing, here would be my recommendation. He's already in some sort of cardiac event. He has some sort of a diagnosis. Uh We would certainly work with them nutrition-wise, but how you can do that, really, I would would recommend uh, 
Dr. Wolfson here, just from the cardiology standpoint. Right. And I've been looking at his videos today, to, and, you know, it said a lot about CFib, but couldn't find this one, LBBB. Oh, he'll, he'll tell you but all I'm about sure it, I'm sure. About it. Yeah, he'll tell you all about it. I'm sure he's done, you know, procedures in his past life with this, and uh, he would be, again, we have a, a medical condition, a diagnosis. We, we've moved beyond nutrition now, so that would be my recommendation. Dr. Tapper, any thoughts on that? You know, and I just hear things like this, so I just, I just, my heart goes out for people that are, that are A, suffering with the a disease or, or illness or, and you know, the biggest thing is it, that doesn't mean you have a life sentence, you know, no matter how much big pharma wants you to believe that, you know, it's like most people don't realize how good they can feel if they just started making those changes, you know, and, and you know, I was one of those people. I, you know, I got thrown from a truck at 80 miles an hour. I broke my back in three spots. Oof. The doctors told me that when I was in my mid, my early twenties, you're not going to be able to play sports. You're not going to be able to, to lift and do those things that you used to do. So here's your diagnosis and, and, and that that's it. And so I believe them. And so what happened? I, I gained about 70 pounds. I had, I was in constant pain. I had low energy. I had uh, headaches all the time. I had, um, you know, constant heartburn. I had digestive issues. I had all these things. I wasn't sleeping well. And then I, uh, I went to a doctor in Illinois and he, he adjusted into my spine in those areas where I had those fractures. And I started, um, it felt like he removed a steak knife on my back. I started, wow you know, focusing on making healthier choices. And then I started believing that I can be well. I started feeling so good. I got down 150 50 pounds. I felt like a deer. And now I'm <laughs> preaching it. It's like, you know, you know, it's like you, you know, if you're on this radio listening to this, and if you have a loved one or if you yourself are, are struggling with this or you're in a rut, it's like, you know what, you, you don't underestimate the power of healthy choices and the choices, your level of health is on a continuum. You are either moving towards health and wellness or sickness and disease, and the choice is yours. And your body's ability to overcome diseases and certain situations is, and, and circumstances are is far greater than anyone, including Bill Gates and our government, has permitted you to believe you can be well. If you give the body what it needs, you can be well. And that's the key, and that's the secret. You know, I crashed a motorcycle at about 80 miles an hour when I was much younger and busted my hip on both sides, separated it on one side. They were going to put a bunch of pins in, um, but they had to wait till all. I also had internal injuries and bleeding and my almost tore off my knee at the joint. So they had to wait before they could do any surgeries on the hips. And luckily I was young and healthy enough that it healed pretty well and they avoided doing any surgeries. But I was told that you will develop arthritis in this hip and you will need a hip replacement at some point. And I, I believed them then. Um, and I had pain in that hip from that day on. And it happened in my early 20s. Um, interesting enough, at 52, when I changed my diet, all that pain went away. And I, I am mm -hmm. absolutely positive that I will not need a hip replacement. Amen. Yeah, pretty incredible. It, it it's, it's, it's amazing the catalyst if you ma just make those changes and realize like when you when you really focus on eating super clean I mean I went from well over 200 pounds I was a moth into the light every time I saw Hardy <laughs> hey you know I <laughs> you know I, I I would eat just because I'm bored yeah you know and I, I would know. Just, I would slam 
slam a large Dr. Pepper, a big roast beef and a curly fry. I mean, that's, yep. you know, and I would just be content. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm telling you, once you start really getting in that military mindset and really saying, okay, I, everything that's going to go into my body, is this bringing me health and wellness or is this bringing me sickness and disease? And I was eating because, Hey, I want, I wanted help. I was seeking help and I was on a mission to, to be well and then once you do eat those foods, you're going to realize how um, damaging and damning they are to the body. Not only from an emotional standpoint, from an inflammatory standpoint, it really messes with your thoughts. It messes with every aspect of the body. And eating is such a systemic process. And so when you eat highly processed foods, you know, I used to have McDonald's in my clinic that was 12 years old. It, was, it, wasn't, mold, it wasn't moldy. It looked like I bought it yesterday. And, uh. you know, and it's... And I would show people, look at this. Yeah. And I would have them guess, how old do you think this is? I mean, this food isn't breaking down after 12 years. Just think how much your body has to work to break that food down. And you're eating this on a regular basis. Oh, oh. This, is why you have, this is why you have no This is why you have no energy. You're fully inflamed. And I mean, you know, and so I can go on yeah. and on about that. You know, one of the shocking things I find when you eat this way really clean and, and you know, I would say most of the time I'm 90% strict. I mean, I, I don't eat really any kind of processed food anymore at all. Um, I, I am shocked by how little food you actually survive on and are very satisfied. I, I am shocked at the small yeah. amount of food I eat now. Right. Yep. And that's the thing you got to, you know, curve that appetite, have self-control. I recommend fasting. I mean, I've done a 10 day water fast. I've done a 10 day or 14 day, um, strict juice, uh, cold press juice fast. I mean, and I, and I just ended a fast here on Monday. I fast every, about every six months. I do like a long fast every six months and I do recommend intermittent fasting in between that. You know, we're, we're trained and indoctrinated to think that we need these three large meals a day. And that's just, that's not true. I mean, you know, ha intermittent fasting and having these foods in smaller, frequent meals will do wonders for you, especially if you're having digestive issues or heartburn or low energy. Yeah. And, and curbing that diet and controlling that diet and that appetite will do wonders for you. But, yeah, you are exactly right. It's amazing once you get into that that mindset and not having these large meals. Like, you know, I had my um, – uh, you know, a dinner here with, uh, with family not too long ago, and I hit, we had a big meal, and I felt so like garbage because I just ate so much, and it's just like, oh, such yeah. a heavy meal. I felt yeah. sluggish. I just wanted to go to sleep, and I was like out of my norm. But you know, and that's it's okay for maybe a special occasion, but it makes you realize the importance of eating well and having those smaller, frequent meals because your body doesn't need that large meal at that time. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, Matt? Speaking of meals, I'm a. Oh, I'm, you got me thinking about food. I'm looking forward to supper tonight. I got sausage from Kind Shepherd Farm, some eggs. Mm -hmm. I have breakfast since I intermittent fast. Never get to eat it. I it. <laughs> but the only other thing I have, Kevin, is I, I do I do miss your opens. Uh, I used to like to listen to it every day, but honestly, I just listen to uh, the health show. Uh, I'm like the other guys when they talk to you about trucks and you'd start talking about health, they change the channel. When you'd start talking about tires and transmissions, that's when Matt's changing channels. <laughs> I appreciate you. I wish you could do a little bit longer opens. You know, I appreciate that, that feedback. I will get back to my longer opens. Um, when I get this busy the way I've been the last six months and then now I'm traveling, uh, it's a little harder for me to sit down and think clearly 
Um, long opens are, are more work. I mean, it's easy for me to hit the play button and start answering questions. Um, but I, I miss working on those long opens, so I'll get back to that. Let's grab another call in Texas. Chris, welcome. Hello, Kevin. What's on your mind today? So I started, uh, I'm, I'm calling a dirty kilo because I do cheat. Here's so, about middle of last month. So real, real quick before we get Sir. to your story, um, I've, I see the word cheat used a lot of different ways. Tell me what you mean by you cheat. Well, every now and then I'll, buy, I'll give me a breakfast burrito, you know, but not very often. Most of the time I just eat a bowl, a couple of boiled eggs and, okay, you know, stuff like, you know, stuff like that. Okay. But let, me, let me tell you where I was before I started it. I was drinking probably six to eight Diet Cokes a day, probably about four energy drinks a day. Never drank water my whole life. So now I drink about 10 bottles of water a day. I've stopped everything. I, I went down to one energy drink in the morning. It gave me the caffeine rush, but I done stopped it and went to Bulletproof Coffee. Okay. I had my blood sugar, I had my blood sugars down and I dropped, uh, I dropped my Olympic. I dropped, uh, uh, two two more of the glucobrides, and I dropped my metformin and started taking berberine. Okay. Is that how you pronounce it? Berberine, yeah. And, yes, I started taking 500 in the morning, 500 at night. All right. And taking one five, five, and one five milligram of my glycobride and, and a uh, cinnamon pill. So my numbers were good. I mean, they were running from 75 to 110. Okay. All day long, in the morning, everything. Well, I dropped my Genuvia last week. When I dropped my Genuvia, I can't get my blood pressure, my blood sugars under 200. Whoa. So let's go back a little bit. How, when did you start eating more keto? Uh, the 15th of last month. Okay. We're still pretty new at this then. What was the highest right. A1C you've recorded? The highest, 12s, I'm, oh, I'm usually right yeah, around 7.6, when I take my yearly physical. Yeah, but that 7.6 and 7.8 is on multiple diabetic drugs. Right. Yeah, correct. That, yeah, so the 12 is the number I'm really looking for. You are extremely insulin resistant. This is going to take a little time, not a, not a ton That's of time. But my guess would be okay. right now you're still so insulin resistant that you're going to see some of those numbers. Um, have you ever worn a continuous glucose monitor? Yes, I do right now. Okay. Um, I would be interested in seeing some of those numbers. Um, I, got, I also... Uh, I'm being warned here that uh, Dr. Tapper's got to go. So, Dr. Tapper, I'm, I'm watching the clock here closely. Any thoughts on this one while we've still got you? Again, I would. I can't stress enough. The stress of metabolic profile tests are kind of my go-to, especially if you're having insulin resistance. And, you know, insulin resistance, uh, when did you get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes? 1998. 98. So, you know, that's lifestyle acquired. Once you hit to the point of insulin resistance, you've been in that stressful state for a long time. And so my, my guess, I would highly recommend getting an SMP test, saliva test, seeing where your 
uh, insulin resistant markers are at. I would see inflammatory markers. I would get the hormone panel stress test. Highly recommend doing that and then going uh, from there. But you're on the right track. You just got to keep up with what you've been doing with diet changes and, and getting out and moving well. That's the key. Get that body moving, brother. Uh, movement's a nutrient. Um, and just, you know, increase that demand for good food and and you're, you you can be well. But you just got to stay the course. But I can't stress enough getting a stress amount of dog profile. That's what I would go to. Hey, Dr. Tepper, okay. I know we got to let you go here in a couple minutes. Um, would you be willing to uh, to work with us a little closer and, and let us refer cases like this to you? I would absolutely love that. Uh, and, you know, because so many people need so many people need that. Um, you know, we can talk more about that, what that would look like. Um, but you can I would definitely love to be able to, to help people out. Yeah, we would. Uh, okay. we, we'd love to have more people that we can kind of send these tougher cases to. So um, it, it, if you want, I mean, I'm fine with you putting out information right now on somebody, how somebody could get a hold of you if they're interested in any of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can call right now, um, call my office. You can look up Tapper Chiropractic in Blair, Nebraska, but the number is 402 402- Two three seven five eight four four. Again, four zero two two three seven five eight four four. I can work with anybody in the world because I can ship this this stress test to your house. Um, the thing is, we take saliva four times a day, one day, and so we get we get an absolute, um, you know, a ton of information from those saliva tests. Uh, but we have to do it certain times throughout the day, and then we and it, it doesn't cost you anything until I run it through the lab. Um, and then the, once the lab, it's, it's, it's usually about two to $300 to get the lab test done. And then we go from there. Um, but, uh, I can ship the test right to your house and then ship, um, and then we ship it right to the lab and we get a ton oh, of information. Right. Yeah. So if you're wanting something like that, it can really, really help you. My goal is not to put you on a supplement the rest of your life. I don't want that. I want to get you well and then focus on lifestyle stuff for you. And then they, and, and then go from there. And so that's yeah, my Because I, I talked to my doctor about it, you know how they are. Well, you need to be on this, this, on the, all these medicines, you know. And no, you don't. No, no. You and don't. Again, right. And again, yeah, and you don't want to be that. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, drugs serve a purpose. They can be, they can be well, uh, uh, you know, there's a kind of place for it. It's like when the house is on fire, yes, we want to throw everything at that house fire to put the fire out, whether that's drugs or surgery, right, to help that fire get out right and so that's that's the time and place for drugs but when the fire is out do we throw you know do we keep putting water on that fire or the house once the fire is out no and that's the that's it doesn't make any sense to me to keep throwing medication at um body when the fire is out so we that's when we need to look at different therapeutics or lifestyle changes and rebuild that house and right now um, you're in that rebuilding stage where we need to get back into rhythm resetting, which is cortisol levels, uh, insulin resistance, all those different things to reset the body's uh, circadian rhythm, all that with the hormone imbalances, look at gut dysfunctions, hormone imbalances, inflammatory markers. Again, secretory IgA is very, very important to address, especially with what you got going on with the insulin resistance. I can't stress that enough to get an SMP test to figure out where you're at. And then that's when we can help you. Cause if we don't test, we're guessing if you don't, you know, and, and so a lot of these doctors, they base all these pharmaceuticals on symptomatology. How are you feeling? Oh, here, take this pill. You'll feel better. 
shut the symptoms right. down. Your body, your body was designed to let us know if there, if there's something that needs to change or if there's something wrong in the form of symptoms. You know, if I put my hand on a burner, my hand it's going to burn my hand. Well, no SHIT Sherlock. That body was designed <laughs> to let us know when there's something that is wrong or something that needs to change. We need to listen to the symptoms, not shut them up. And so your body is letting you know, hey, we need to make some changes. But, you know, I'd love to be able to help you out. So, Kevin, I thank you for that, um, allowing me to, to, to help and serve your people because I would love to be able to do that. And, again, I'm not going to try to take advantage of anybody. I want to get them well and help them out because I view healthcare as a ministry. And what we do is, is to, to serve others and get them well. And it's a great privilege to be able to do that. You know, I, I, I absolutely I reach out to would, would love to uh, have you on our team because we, we really think the same way. We, we use a lot of supplements, but our goal is always to stop using supplements as soon as we can. Yeah, right. Well, good. Well, thank you, Kevin, for having me on, brother. I really appreciate you, and I, I value our friendship, friend. All right. I know you've got uh, to get to clients. I, I, I had hoped I was going to have time to talk about just what's going on with the with the world and the vaccines and all the other stuff. So, mate, we'll, we'll have to get you back real soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, friend. I mean, I'm just hit me up next week, or maybe in two weeks, we'll uh, we'll get we'll have a continuation of, of part two of what's going on because there's a lot going on that needs to be talked about, especially with our lawsuit against the TNI and just exactly a lot yeah. of corruption in the world, right? Let, yeah, so there's a lot that, going though. on. So love to have love to be back on. Perfect. All right, Kim. We Thanks so much. That. Take care. All right. Okay. All right. We uh, another great addition to the team. We're always looking for good practitioners. Takes us a while, though. I'm pretty careful about who we say we partner with and who we're going to refer people to, but uh, Dr. Tapper is a gem. Uh, anything else, Chris? No, that's it. I knew it was going to take a while, you know. But when I thought a little Debbie snack was my dessert on every meal, you know, and all, all, the, all the sodas I used to drink and all that, and you, you can ask my wife when I, when I, when I said that's enough, that's enough, but I dropped everything. The one thing Excellent. I ever dropped so fast was quit smoking nine years ago. Congratulations, yeah, you, know. you, you are, uh, you will benefit from this. It's just going to take a little bit of time. You were very insulin resistant, so. Uh, keep this up, and you'll just you'll see that you just keep getting better and better. Okay, all right. All right. So taking taking uh taking more than a thousand milligram uh, twice a it, day of berberine's okay. A thousand milligrams twice a day is fine. I wouldn't take any more than that. Any more than that isn't going to do any good. But that's okay. a good that's a good amount. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, I've got one more call in the queue. I will hang out if you want to talk. Just pick up the phone and join me. 855-950-3835. Paul, good morning. Howdy. What's on your mind today? Can you hear me? I can. COVID story in New Zealand. Yes. So we have so we have some new political powers down there that just got elected, or well, one of the politicians. Uh, she's against the vaccine, and she wants an official criminal inquiry into some of the guns on down there. So one clinic, they vaccinated thirty people in one day at this clinic. And all 30 of those people are now deceased. What? No way. 
Every can, single one of them that was vaccinated that day have died. Is there is there legitimate documentation? Can you send me something on this? Uh, Mark sent me the video, but yeah, uh, see if, I'll tell him to send it to you on Twitter. I think that's where he might have found it, actually. Yeah, sure, I, I, he I, sent it to me. But I would like to see that. Holy cow, that's... That. That's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say, this um, this politician in New Zealand should be careful. She might end up being suicided. Cancelled. Yeah. 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 She, she might end up one of Hillary's, Hillary's it, 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 friends. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, one politician, he wants an inquiry. Well, she wants a criminal investigation. So I, I like the sound of that. Sounds more appropriate to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she should just... Because uh, an inquiry is... She should find a good place to hide. An inquiry and an investigation. <laughs> right. Yeah. The difference between an inquiry and an in- investigation is, oh, well, we looked into it. It all looks okay. Of yeah. course. Right. Yeah. We just hear that all the time. It. Yeah. Um, so. I, I, I'm sorry, but, but uh, kind of crazy. A hundred percent failure rate does not sound very good to me. No, and I think she said that she's against this vaccination totally, and they should just drop it all together. Which I'm right there with her. So, but, uh, so I, many people. I, I, are I really it. don't care what disease comes, what disease comes around. I'm not taking any jab for anything. I'll just take my chances. So. You know what's crazy yeah. about all this is. Prior to COVID, there were very, very few true anti-vaxxers. That was a that was a pretty small group, and a lot of us looked at that as a little extreme. You know, we've been brainwashed to believe that you know yep. vaccines were miracles, and they. But the more you go back and look at this, none of the vaccines were miracles, and they're probably uh, not necessary disaster. at all. If we just lead a good, healthy lifestyle and, and what they have done is they have turned a lot of us, myself included, I am now 100% anti-vax. You would not give me a vaccine for anything oh. anymore. And if I had kids, they would not get anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there on the same page now. So like when I, when I decided, okay, I'm going to immigrate to the U.S. And, and, and do it properly and everything, well, Government rules, I don't think there's supplies anymore because, oh, you have you had all your shots? And I had to go, and it's like, well, I've got to take the shot. So yeah, I, don't, I'm, I don't know what I got it, vaccinated for, but I went, and they me, stuffed some needles in my arm, and they'll come back in another three it, months or whatever it was and maybe had another batch and then carried on. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people that come across the border in the last few years, they're not it, taking any shots for anything, COVID no. included. Now, and, you know, here's the thing. Maybe there's a clue here. If these vaccines were so good, why do they have to force us to take them? Yeah. Uh, Why? I'm 100% anti-vax now. Yeah, I am too. I am too, and and proud of it. Yeah, I'm a pure pure blood. Yeah. Pure blood. Pure blood, that's right. (laughs) And I'm staying that way. I did see... I did see... uh, uh, and popped up on Facebook a guy's SUV, and he had sign writing on the back window of his SUV. Unvaxxed sperm, thirty five hundred dollars a load. I come to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy cow! I know, but, but it it's crazy. It is. Uh, it, 
but uh, I'll get I'll get Mark to. I think he got it off Twitter. I'll tell him. Yeah. I'll be talking to him later. I'll tell him to send it to you. I, to, I, I want to look at yeah. that, and then uh, then I'll forward it on to Doctor Tapper, and maybe we'll uh, we'll do a show on that one. That one sounds interesting. Let's uh, let's continue on with some calls. Let's go to Ohio. Cody, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, so I'm the I talk to you all the time. I'm the guy that transports the semi trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was up in Canada at the hotel, and I was going to have dinner at their restaurant bar with a coworker of mine. And the only thing they had to eat on the menu was some gluten-free uh, pasta and a forty-two dollar steak. And I had them give me the ingredients, and that was made with corn. And I ate that, and then I was like, "Well, help! I'm having corn. Might as well be social and have a beer with my coworker." Because they didn't have any tequila, they didn't have any ciders. Well, uh, that was on Friday. And then on Monday, I was at home and I was working in my yard to fill up uh, low water pressure. So I was out in the yard in the wellhead to expose the pipe. And when I got up, I moved funny and I had a sharp pain in my lower back and it was hurting pretty good Monday, Tuesday, a little bit better. Today, it's a little bit better. Do you think I uh oh. Oh, you broke up right when you said, Do you think? Oh, I was saying, Do you think that's a reaction from having the grains, or do you think it's possible I just moved weird and hurt something in my back? Both. I think it's both. Um, both? We do okay. injure things. Pain is our, our indicator that something has gone wrong. A good, healthy body will experience pain when we injure something that that pain is inflammation it's the body's way of healing that injury and we should be able to heal an injury like this within a week at most i mean you might have a day or two of pain you know i i mentioned i i really have never had back problems in my life a lot of people do i never have I, i i used to have neck problems my spine, but that's all gone now that I eat like this. But there was a time where I, I was actually trying to start a little lawn piece of lawn equipment, and I pulled so hard so many times trying to get it start. I really tweaked my lower back bad. Um, I could tell it was just a muscle injury. It wasn't like I hurt my spine, uh, and I knew it was just it just needed to rest and heal. Um, but it was bad, like could not get out of bed, couldn't walk, couldn't stand up. I had to like roll out of bed and crawl around my, my back hurt that bad. But within three or four days, it was completely healed and I, I had no more pain and it was extreme. That's how our body should work. If we injure something and two weeks later we still have pain, it's because your body's not healing that. It was either a worse injury or we're still inflamed. So inflammation and pain's not a bad thing. Um, We just don't want it to keep going on and on and on. That would be an indication that we're not healing well. So I think you probably experienced a little of both. You injured this. We would expect some pain. You did it after cheating with some grains. And and I think all of us have experienced just eating grains will bring joint pain back, even if we don't have any injuries. 
Yeah, I've experienced that. That's why I stay hold so hard to stay away from it. But I was like, you know, one dinner, I know I'm going <laughs> to, you know, hurt the next day. Yeah. But I was with a friend, you know what I mean? Right. And I didn't feel like spending $42 on a steak. Yeah. And not even knowing the quality of the steak that they is and the Canadian thing and all, you know. I know. So, I know. Yeah, I, I think you I experienced. Mean, it was bad Monday night. Right. You experienced a little bit of both. I think you go back to eating clean. This pain will more than likely go away in less than a week. If it doesn't, then I might call back and we'll we'll try to figure out why. Okay. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Uh, I've never done a fat digestion kit, and the first time, you know, I've lost, went from 260 down to a buck 80. Nice. And I'm just now getting back into the bulletproof coffee and everything, trying to figure out how to make it work with flying and eating out in restaurants, not cooking my own food and all that. Right. Uh, when I first started back with the bulletproof, I was having disaster pants, and it's getting better. Now, do you use it's coconut oil or MCT oil? I use, uh, started out, I just bought whatever I could find locally at uh, natural grocers that was MTC powder. Okay. And then I ran almost completely out of it, and I went to natural grocers, and I bought MTC C8 powder off of Amazon. So C8 is pure. It's the same as brain octane. It, it's, it's C8 yeah. only. That is much more likely to cause disaster pants. Coconut oil does it for some people. MCT oil does it for more people. Pure C8 does it for even more. I, some people okay. just never seem to get past that. And, and most of them just usually switch to, you know, coconut oil instead. Um, I don't, if that's your only digestive issue, I would not recommend a fat digestion kit. Okay, because, I mean, it was oil in there, and then, because I've been doing this about a month and a half now, and it's coming solid, but I don't have the big, long, you yeah. know, snakes yeah, in the toilet I, yet. I, I might wait just a little bit, see if your body readjusts to this. If, if you're still not seeing optimal digestion in a week or two, have you taken a NutriQ? No, I haven't, and I was about to do that. Uh, and then I messed up and had those grains, and I don't want that to affect the nutri <laughs> No, that's a good a, point. Yeah, one, you know, yeah, an oddball. So right. uh, I would, I would say, give this a little bit of time. You might want to drop the um, MCT powders and just get some um, good coconut oil and try that for a week and see. I can't carry it because the liquid. With oh, the airplane. that's right. Everything I have to do is that's powdered. Right. That's why that, it's the powdered I, butter, the powdered I, uh, light balance. I, I had this fight with them at the airport a couple times, too, with butter and coconut oil and them calling them liquids. And I would take the top off of the coconut oil jar, hold it upside down and say, please tell me that's a liquid. Come on. Oh, you're talking about actual coconut oil that's solid, solid at a room temperature, not... Right. Yeah, okay. Try that. Now... I now, didn't think about d- that. Don't be surprised if they don't let you fly with that. They wouldn't let me fly with it once. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I have powdered bone broth as well. Just when yeah. I get in a bad area and ain't no food, I can get something to eat. And right. they pulled it out and go, what is this? And I said, bone broth. And he was like, bomb powder? And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I understand. Well, it's why I just drove 36 hours to get here because I hate flying. Yep. Yeah, used to love it. Not anymore. It's a pain in the ass. It is a total pain in the ass. So you might want to try the coconut oil, solid at room temperature, see if that helps a little. Give it a week or so, see if your body readjusts. Take a Nutri-Q, and that way if it doesn't work, you can call me back, and I'll just go in and we'll go through your Nutri-Q and figure out. um, It it will really help us see exactly what's going on with digestion, and then I could make a better recommendation. Okay. Sounds good. I was going to do that, but I didn't yeah. want to throw it off and no, we'd you, be looking at a grain <laughs> issue when you, you there's should. no grains in my diet. Good. You know, 99.9% of the time. Right. I ask them all right. the time at all the restaurants. I'm like, how do you make this? I know. And they're like, well, this is the ingredients. And I'm like, you, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I'll do this instead. You know, I just had an interesting... But, yeah interesting experience with the whole ingredient thing. I, I was, I was going to make a point about, you know, how much something that looks like real food, like a, you know, a pretty simple McDonald's burger, even without the bun or whatever. Uh, so I wanted to get the ingredient list for McDonald's food. You would, you would not believe how hard it is. They make it sound like it's easy. Oh, we, we will make it available. I had to look everywhere. Here's what they list on their website under ingredients for a Big Mac. Now, I want ingredients, but here's what it says. If you go to McDonald's website under ingredients, it says the Big Mac has a bun, a hamburger patty, lettuce, onions, and special sauce. Oh, and cheese. Wait a minute. That's not ingredients. But that's what they try to no, put on their... Items. Those are just items. That tell me what's in that bun. Tell me what's in that cheese, because it's not really cheese. Tell me what's in your sauce. It's got about 72 ingredients. I, I, it, I bet it took me two hours to find a true list of the ingredients in McDonald's food. Oh, it's hard to do. I've looked it up myself. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to do. And yeah. I mean, I don't even get fries when I go to Five Guys because they fry everything in peanut oil. Exactly. I know. All right. Well, we'll give that so, a try. And uh, if you get a chance, take a Nutri-Q and call me back in a week and we'll look things over. Will do. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Take care. Let's go to, uh, we're going to go north of the border this time. Peter, welcome. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, I'm calling about a back problem I have. I'm good overnight, but by the time I get dressed in the morning, my back stiffens right up and it takes a couple hours for it to go away again. Okay. Tell me about your diet. Well, I've been following you for five years now. Um, I eat clean as you would. I'm sure if you came to my place any given day, you would sit down and eat what I make. Good. That's a um, when I go when I go when I go to the city or any place I just come back from eleven hundred kilometer trip on a moose hunt and I took all my food both ways I never ate anything at a restaurant excellent excellent so, and I go my own so what that and, what that tells me um, so, how long have you been experiencing this back pain oh 
eight, nine, ten months, somewhere on since last winter anyway. Now I run a bulldoze, so I've done when it started, was there some sort of an injury that triggered this? No. Okay. Then no. I'm thinking if you're say. if you're eating this clean and your body is not healing this, mean it, it, it's been going on for eight months. Your body's not healing it. Something in your lifestyle is yeah. aggravating this. Can can you think of what you might be doing all day there or throughout the day that might be aggravating this? Well, once I'm up, I you know I, I run a bulldozer, but I drive for an hour and a half to get to the job site on the average. So you sit down right away in the pickup, and you get to work. And by the time you get to work, it's not bad. And then all day in the bulldozer, it's a ten-hour day, the, and the, I'm fine. The, yeah, but, interesting. Um, and I mean, it's the same as driving truck. I mean, I got the same air ride seat in here, and it's it's like a spring ride truck. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's rough as you make it, but yeah. So, but um, I mean, I'm fine. I'll have do it. On the weekends, I can, in the garden, I can lift, I can carry, I can walk, no Good. problem. But then when you get up in the morning, it's the same all over again. Yeah. Um, I, I have, fire, currently going to a massage therapist, and that doesn't seem to help either. So. Have you ever been to a chiropractor? What I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I've tried that a half a dozen times and, you know, for other things, but I've tried it specifically for this, and it doesn't make any difference. Hmm. And I've had three sessions with the massage therapist now. And, uh, so, no difference. I have another one on Friday. I'll- so we could potentially be looking at some of the issues that Dr. Tapper was talking about earlier. Um, we could actually have some gut issues that are causing a little more inflammation than normal. There may be a healthy food somewhere in your diet that you're reacting poorly to. This would okay. require some more testing, or we could guess and try some things. Um, I, I did, uh, but now that I, yeah, I did do a NutriCure in May, and she said my NutriCure looked great. So yeah, there's any help. It is, but there's this kind of an issue with this kind. Of, what you're experiencing is some low-level chronic inflammation in a specific place. So we we need to figure out why. Um, my guess is we okay. we may have something structural and and. Maybe you just haven't been to the right chiropractor. I I would really, if I were in your shoes right now and this had been going on for eight months, I'm not hearing anything obvious. I, I'm not, I don't have any recommendation that I really think is going to help here. I think we might need to dig a little deeper okay. to try to figure out why first. Um, this would be okay. an ideal case for Dr. Tapper. He is a chiropractor. Okay. Um, the only other question I called with was, would uh, the sauna space infrared help me any? I believe it would. And I didn't want to recommend that right off the bat because they're they're kind of pricey. I mean, the, the lights are expensive. The back, the back wrap that's in our store is infrared, and that's not yeah. outrageously expensive. That may be a real help. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I bought stuff in your store before. I like to see when I can. But, yeah, and I, um, I appreciate it. I, I don't. That out. Yeah, I don't want to sell you something really expensive or send you off to get you know a thousand dollars worth of infrared lights. I, I like them. Um, infrared is true yeah. healing, but I think since this is a lower back, the the least expensive way to play around with some infrared would be that back wrap. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. The cost of it isn't right. It's a shipping that. 
I know. I know. I know. I've heard you tied it. Yeah, we wish we could do. We keep we keep looking. Maybe one of these days we'll find a better solution. We're just not big enough. You know, we just don't ship enough volume to to get some of the programs that that would make this better. Understood. Yeah, I know it's out of your hands. So, okay. Well, thank you very much. I'll let you get on to somebody else. And uh, I'll, I heard Doctor Tapper there, and uh, maybe I'll reach out to him and get an opinion from I, him. Then I think he would have some really good recommendations. Okay. Yeah, maybe a different chiropractor here locally might. You know, I was thinking about that. But. The other um, resource for good chiropractors, Doctor Tapper, obviously would be a good resource. Maybe for a referral to give you some ideas what other things we might do to track this down. That that's really one of his specialties. Is uh, and it's especially we don't get into. We don't get into a lot of testing. It's expensive. Uh, it's time-consuming. It's time-consuming for us as practitioners to try to stay on top of all that. So this is why we I'd rather refer somebody out. Uh, and I think this is an ideal case. Now, if you're also just looking for a good chiropractor that you could physically go to, um, Dr. Wolfson actually keeps a pretty good list of chiropractors all over. Oh, even in Canada as well? I can't guarantee it, but I know that I see a lot on social media where he's always looking for a chiropractor that he can recommend or recommending one. So I know he does a lot of it. Okay, cool. Okay, well, I'll keep searching then. Well, thank you for your advice, and uh, and maybe I'll look into that back wrap and, uh, and see how that works. You're welcome. Uh, let me know how things go. Check back in with us. Let's... Uh, Go to Massachusetts. Todd, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I So I was listening to that call, and I I think you're right on with, with the gut, um, and it has to do with the reason why I'm calling. But if, if everything else, you, know, you you listen to it, nothing else is jumping out. There's inflammation somewhere, obviously, and uh, I, I think um, some blood work would, would show something um, going on in the gut, and it might just have to be gut healing and you know, I've been a clean carnivore for a long time now, and I've had just a huge surprise in what was going on in my gut. And it's, you know, I, I told you last time I called, like, I got the highest score they've ever seen in Dr. <laughs> Wilson's office. Yeah, right. it, it, so it's just incredible. Yeah, it's just, and, and I'm still trying to work on the source of that because it seems to be a mystery. But I do eat in restaurants two or three times a week, and it's, it's got to be there. I think but, so. You know, I just eat meat generally. So, um, but before I forget, I, I have a, a couple of different things. I told Chelsea that I mixed up two different experiments that I wanted to talk to you about, and I told her something, but I'll get it right when I start talking about it. Before I do, there's a woman on Twitter. I don't know if you follow her. She seems, she talked about getting, quote, disappeared from Twitter, and she was wondering if there was censoring going on, and I haven't seen her, and maybe you recognize it. I think her handle on Twitter is Kelly. ND, like naturopathic oh, doctor. Yeah, that, like, I do follow her. Have you? Is she still around? I haven't seen her in two or three days, and she's every day like Mercola presence. You know, she's she's out there and in your face, and she's a fighter, and she's she's gone, and it's just that I can't find her in my following list, and I just wondered if you heard anything. And but I, like I said, I have two other things I want to talk about. Uh, let me look real quick. Um, I wonder. And I don't know if it's exactly. No, that's not her. Um, actually, she's we, we got not. to know if the censoring is going on in, in Twitter, X, whatever it is called. 
Uh, I'm not seeing her on my list either. Yeah. So even so, it's not just she can't post. She's we can't I, even search her now. And and I know based on what she was saying, or I'm deeply suspicious that some censorship has gotten her. And if it's you know, I'm just what if if Musk knows what's going on or if he's part of it. But anyway, I just I just um. The two experiments, the, the, I'll start with the most interesting one. Um, so we're, we opened the call with, with uh, Gut, and I, I have a book I have to reread. I haven't read it in at least a year called The, the, the Second Brain. And, you know, the second one is the gut, and it may be even more important in, in different ways. But um, so it is experiment, and I just found out about it on the road today. I haven't had time to read about it, like uh, pull the study. But they took schizophrenic people and they got some microbiota bacteria and they transplanted it into mice and those mice became schizophrenic and so that's how incredibly powerful what goes on in the gut is and so the, the last caller with the, um with that unexplained uh, back problems i i think you should look towards the gut but um but a super interesting study that i have to read about are you still looking for kelly yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not finding her at all. Uh, you know, there, there have been, there was another really interesting study with mice and gut bacteria that they did a long time ago. It was one of the first things I read when I started getting into this and they did yep. it based on obesity. So they studied mice and, you know, they test mice for all kinds of things and they manipulate them and they do all kinds of weird stuff, but they started to realize that mice that became obese had a certain type of gut bacteria and mice that stayed skinny had a different type of gut bacteria and they did a transplant and the fat mice got skinny and the skinny mice got fat and they yeah. made a big deal about it and they thought oh my god we figured out the secret to weight loss and we're, we're gonna revolutionize and everybody will be skinny and I've never heard anything more after that. All I heard was they haven't been able to reproduce that study. So who knows, you know, okay. big pharma could have been involved. Um, I, we have to know that our gut bacteria could be the single most important factor in our health. And we just don't understand it completely yet. Right. I, yeah. It's, it seems to be the more you read about it, you know, we always say, you can't possibly fathom how intelligent the human body is, but so much of that I think resides in the gut. It's uh, the more I learn about it, it's just it's like a new, it's like a final frontier of space. It just seems to be totally infinite. This other thing, it's it's kind of a fun study, but it well, it was called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment, and that's what I mixed up and told Chelsea. I mixed it up, but anyway, um, during World War II. And they they found well they found they were a bunch of early twenty year old uh, soldiers one hundred fifty ish pounds about twenty twenty two years old and and right away you're like wait a minute you can find a twenty year old that weighs one hundred fifty pounds not today not so much yeah. but this is in the forties you know and um what what they did was that they they starved them you know it was a voluntary thing and um what stood out was they. These guys, I don't know if it was just the military or people in general, were living on 3,300 calories a day. That was just their random average diet before the study. And they brought them down to um, 1,800. And, and, and these guys, you know, they just, they, they lost weight. They lost hair. You know, they couldn't concentrate. It was a, 
it was a big, uh, I was surprised they lost weight because uh, I, I've cut my calories and it, it doesn't work. But well, wait, um, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I do want to address that. Yeah. Uh, starvation yeah. diets of any kind will eventually lead to weight loss. If, if the calorie is low enough, uh, let's think about something. It would be impossible yep. not to lose weight if you didn't eat, period. Just no calories whatsoever. You would, you would waste away to nothing. We know that that happened. It's also miserable. And the idea of, of forced calorie reduction to lose weight isn't sustainable because it is so miserable. So, I, but, but you will lose weight. You have to. I mean, it's just physics. The body has to have calories to maintain its weight. Now, people have found, though, that they can cut dramatically and not lose any weight. Like going from 3,000 to 1,800 doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to lose weight. It depends on what those 1,800 calories are made up of. Make make that... And that was the interesting part. Right. Make that 1,800 calories all animal products and low carb, and you will absolutely lose weight. Make that 1,800 calories of high-carb processed food, and you're not going to lose weight. Right. So a calorie isn't a calorie. I mean, we have to remember that it's the type of calorie that matters. You mentioned the Minnesota starvation experiment. That was Ansel Keys. Yes, yes. That's right. You're exactly right. He directed it. Uh, Right. I did see that much or hear that much on the podcast, yeah. And I believe uh, the best story I've ever read about that was either in the book by, uh, I've had both these people on my show and I'm drawing a blank, um, Nina Teicholtz. She's been on my show. It oh, might, yeah. might be in her yep. book or it's in Gary Tobb's book, Good Calories, Bad Calories. I think it's in Gary Tobb's okay. book. But he goes okay. in, into yeah, yeah, detail. Yeah. I think if I remember right, they were only feeding those guys like 900 calories. It was really low, maybe even 600. It was low. And the results yeah. were disastrous. They almost killed these people. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's, but it's over time. You know, if I don't eat for, I, I swear, I did recently, well, within a month or two months, I did a 100-hour fast. Oh, oh yeah, shit for weight, dude. Not anything. Yeah, I, you know? I know it's pretty and, and that's crazy. And that's water. I'm not one of these people that say, "Oh, you, I fast, but I eat this at night." No, nothing. Water. It, yeah. We know <laughs> that you've got something going on that we haven't figured out yet, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But I was just. Yeah. But I didn't really mean to exactly bring it back to me. But I, just in general, you know, over time, you, know, you think of Hitler's death camps, you know, people will lose well, weight. I mean, well, let me you know, tell you this. Yeah. I, I can promise you. If I were to fast for 100 hours, I'd probably be at like 5% body fat when I was done, and I'd probably weigh about 125 pounds. Float up to the ceiling like a helium balloon, yeah, like a normal person. Yeah. I mean, I I can't even imagine how fast I would drop weight like that. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. So it depends on the person and what's going on. It's, I don't know, bio-individual or something. um, it, it, there is bio-individuality. We know that. But that's not what's going on here. It, you've got something broken. Something is not functioning yeah. properly. It, it's not just a bio. It's not your genes. It's not some bio-individual thing. 
Um, I, it probably is going to come back to your gut somewhere, but you've got something going on that's pretty mysterious. Yeah, and uh, I hope it doesn't come down to the restaurant food. It's just a thing, and it's not. It's like kind of taking care of someone in my life. It just requires, and I already don't drink alcohol, so I can't go sit there and right. have a drink. So I, I eat a steak. I eat a, a cod on wrapped in prosciutto on white rice. I, you know, I, I, it seems innocent to me, and I, I checked I it with a nutritionist at, at Dawson's, and and she's like, you know, she gives it the green light, and anyway. Um, there's a, I just saw an exercise, a piece of exercise equipment that, you know, because you're a gym rat from way back like me and a lot of us. And as soon as I laid my eyes on it, A, I'd never seen it before, but B, I knew it was something great that would work. And if you could type it in, it's called um, a belt squat machine. And it is, to me, it's the end-all, be-all uh, to build up the lower body. You can't use it in a, you can't have anything to do with it, you know, over the road. But um, but it's a beautiful machine. And, and I, I just thought, nothing would build your muscles better than that and it's and when you see how you grip it it just makes so much sense to me and i'm curious what you think about it i am looking at it right now the only problem i see here is this still Mm -hmm. uses traditional weight and what i have found about Mm -hmm. squats is almost the opposite of what they always told us. I mean, the big thing on squats was don't go too deep. You're going to tear your knees up. It's bad for your... But what I've found is the most effective squat I can do is deep. The deeper I go, the better benefit I get. The problem is with traditional weight, you can't go deep. You will tear up your knees. It's dangerous. You might hurt your back. You might hurt your knees. You are at your most vulnerable with traditional weight when you are in that deep, deep squat. The beauty of bands, no, I I get it, but it's still, all of that weight is going to be on my knees when I am at my deepest point. Yeah. yeah. With the band, it's the exact opposite. That's why I've come to love the band so much. When I go deep, deep, mm. there's no tension left on the, the band at all. It goes slack when I, when I squat that deep. And then as I start to come up, I get more and more resistance the higher I come up. That's why I am really a big fan of the band in the X3. Yeah, it, yeah, it, may, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, because I'm a gym rat too from way back, and I can just feel the pressure on my knees versus if I have a, a band, it would, you know, obviously it eases up as you go deeper into the. It, well, here's the thing the, I can promise you, and you know this. If I, I'm just going to pick a number. If I can reasonably do a, a barbell squat with a bar on my shoulder or this kind of a machine, if I can reasonably do it with, say, 400 pounds. I can do that. You know, they always told us squat, don't go any deeper than your thighs parallel with the ground. Well, that's not very deep. Right. Right. That's halfway, really. I mean, we're only activating about half the muscle at that point. And if I can do those squats with 400 pounds and I feel like I'm getting a good workout, there's no way I could go deep with 400 pounds. I'd be down Mm -hmm. to probably 250 to feel safe going that deep, well, now at 250, I'm not really working out the muscle. But when you when you go down with the band, aren't you down to just body weight at the end of that movement? Yes, in the which deep is perfect. Part of the squat? Yeah, which is perfect. Okay. Because that's all the joint is really okay. going to handle. I don't want to put much more weight on it than that. But 
I get to yeah. do the full range of motion, meaning I'm activating the entire muscle. Yes, at the bottom, I have no, no tension, just body weight, which is exactly what I want because I'm protecting the joint. And as I come up, I could finish with more than 400 pounds of resistance now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. I that bar, You might have just saved me whatever it is, 650 bucks. But uh, I, I just like how you can hold on to like that chin-up bar. It's, it's $1,100 on Amazon. Isn't that eleven hundred pounds? And I saw that ad. I think it was six fifty for the machine. Anyway, no, it says seven hundred yeah. pounds of weight, but it's a thousand ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't spend that much money on a home machine, and that well, a home, I just, I get the, a home machine that will only do one or two movements. Yeah, it's super limited. I noticed that they do the hip thrust, I guess, too, but. Uh, you know, um, something, I'm just jamming gears here, but the vagus nerve stimulation, you can do this while you're driving. There's all kinds of, uh, first of all, there's a couple of electronic devices that, you know, speaking of bringing down stress, the cortisol connection to weight, you know, block loss, or weight loss blocking. And anyway, um, there's a couple of different machines that, I, I don't know, it seems like something you'd, you'd love to test, but, you know, bring I, them down. It's certainly something that a truck driver can do. I tested driving one. And, anyway. And I wasn't, yep. I wasn't impressed. I tested one where you actually put something in your ear. I don't remember if you clipped yep. it to the, and it actually, cause your vagal nerve runs pretty close to your right ear. I think one of your ears, it runs yes, pretty it close. Is. And they were using stimulation yeah. through the ear to stimulate the vagal nerve. I, I didn't find any results from it at all. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a couple for sale. I, I that's why I'm running it by you, just because you know I, I was thinking about it. But there's one you can do manually. There's a couple you can do. Just you're driving down the road, and, and it happens to be the right ear. That bone behind the bottom part of your earlobe. If you just gently swirl that around, you could you could feel like oh, like when you take your shoes off and walk in the sand or something. Yeah. It's a, it's uh it's just a big relief. And um, so I was just looking into that for stress relief and and so forth and. Uh, you know, I, I guess that's, uh, I'll hang up and I'll think of a hundred other things, but I guess I, until yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think of something, but, um, anyway, oh yeah, <laughs> see, it only took me a second. There you go. Uh, I did, someone mentioned, you Dr. Tapper, he mentioned the, um, the, I, the IGA secret, secretory test, the secretions, uh, right. saliva and so forth. Right. Um, so I just FedExed Monday, my completed, uh, Adren it's called adrenocortex something test. And I sent it, you know, it goes eventually to back to Dr. Wolfson. But I, I know it tests your hormones throughout the day, but I don't know what it's supposed to yield. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or it, what it's going to tell me. Well, I don't know about that specific test. There are several different. I am familiar with the one um, Dr. Tapper was recommending. And what we're looking for, and he, he explained this, it's a 24-hour test. You, you take saliva samples at very specific times over a 24-hour period. One of the things yep. I want to talk with him about, um, and I'll do this off the air because I just think we need some time to go through this. Um, yep. I wonder how much research has been done on people with less than ideal um, sleep schedules because this is a... This this whole issue is our our biological clock. 
you know, we, we have a circadian rhythm that is determined by the sun. And we have screwed it up bad enough with electric lights and, and a lifestyle that doesn't really, that doesn't matter if the sun's shining or not. That's bad enough. Now take truck drivers where we're constantly changing their sleep cycle. I, just in four days of driving, um, you know, I went from normally getting up at 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and going to bed at, you know, 9.30 or 10 um, to waking yep. up at 2 o'clock in the morning to get a good day of driving in. And I just totally <laughs> messed with my circadian rhythm in just four days. Well, well truck drivers do that constantly. And I'm wondering yep. if... If we even get an accurate test like this from a truck driver or not? Yeah, that's a good question. I have a normal sleep schedule, but yeah, you have to, like you said, discuss that with him off the air. I don't know. I don't know how you would. Yeah, um, if you this, have a, if you have a is, fairly normal sleep schedule, then what we're doing is we are checking multiple hormone levels throughout the day to see if they're if they are truly normal. When we wake up, our melatonin levels should be dropping because melatonin was what helped put us to sleep. And our cortisol levels should be rising because that's what keeps us awake and alert. But too much cortisol is also what causes all the damage from too much stress. So that's, that's what he's measuring yeah. here. And it is an important measurement. Um, but I, I did start thinking about how, you know, Sarah might be one of the best examples. Um, team driving is even worse than driving. I mean, driving is bad enough for our health. Team well, driving, we've identified, is really I, bad for our health. The vibration constantly, right? And, and, and it's hard and to sleep. You know, you mm -hmm. don't sleep well when the truck's moving. And um, one of the drivers is probably going to have a completely screwed up circadian rhythm if they're driving all night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that horrifies me. Yeah, just thinking about it, I, that's why I would never be an over-the-road. I can't do it. Yeah, it, <laughs> too much it's, of a snowflake. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's not a healthy lifestyle. We know that. Now we've improved it a lot, and we'll continue to find ways to improve it. But the team driving is a big challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's just not a not a good model. But I I like that uh, people that. Maybe it would help if they, they looked up. You can find it on YouTube, these uh, vagal, you, you can do with your, you know, just your hands and yourself, these vagal nerve stimulatory yeah, I would, movements. I mean, it. I would you, certainly you recommend it, people you know? try manual stimulation. If you can find a video, give it a shot. It doesn't cost you anything. You got some good results from it. I would caution people not to go spend several hundred dollars on a device because I haven't found one that worked. Yeah, and there's there's a lot that looks so attractive, but uh, it's, I'm I'm glad I talked to you about that and the belt squat machine because I was getting ready to pull the trigger on it, but I just I I don't I, I, I don't it, know it, all that it does is it makes a heavy barbell squat easier to do. I get that, but my whole point is we really shouldn't be doing heavy barbell squats; they're not effective. Yeah, I, I got this exercise I'm doing now. I don't know if I ever told you about it. To me, in, in my experience, it's my own little invention. I don't know if it exists, but if you're just standing upright, and I have um, a six-foot Olympic bar as opposed to the regular seven-foot size. And um, so it's just a six-foot bar. It weighs 35 or 40 pounds, and it's, it's empty. 
And I, I just, I squat down on my haunches and I put my palms up like I'm going to curl it. So I'm squatted down I, and I curl it up to my chest and then I press up to a standing position and then I put the bar over my Perfect. And, um, that, and that, repeat. That, that's, a, that's a better movement than a heavy squat and just going parallel. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's certainly cheaper, but it, it, it feels good. I, I call it a farm, the farm boy, because it's just yeah. like, oh, now you, know, you use everything. And, that, that's you know. a good natural movement. It's a light enough weight that you can go all the way down in your in your squat. I, that, to me, is better than big, heavy squats where you're only doing half motions. Yeah, it's, it feels good, too. It, it really does. And uh, you, know, you can get a little bit of a, if you can do enough of them in a row, I haven't I haven't been able to go past 11, but it, you know you get some aerobic, uh, yeah. you get your wind going a little bit. You yeah, know? you're using a lot so, of uh, big muscles, and that's why things like squat and deadlift are actually really good cardio movements. You're, you're activating so many muscles, you need a lot of blood flow, and, and your heart starts pumping, and, and those do become cardio. Yeah, and it, yeah, it really feels good, and it's certainly takes me less than 10 minutes to, to do that and a few other exercises including my rebounder that, that gets me going before i start doing that stuff good yeah i found a I found a spa believe it, i hate to say that word out loud spa it's not a gym but it's really a spa and they have uh the dry sauna the wet sauna they have some red light therapy but they also have a room full of uh have you ever seen these uh salt lights yeah. what are they called salt lamps yep. like the, like yeah, yeah the I room I, I just want the, the room filled with the, I have one too, but this is, this is a room like a sauna only it's filled and the whole wall, the whole room is lit up. I think three right. of the four walls are covered with these rocks and they're lit and it's it, heated and it's, it's salt air and you breathe it. It's, it's good uh, for your lungs. It's really something. Yeah. The, the, the salt, yeah, yeah. salt rock therapy is, is good for your lungs. Uh, for, I think it was Christmas last year. I bought Lisa an aroma therapy machine that also has the salt rock in it. It's also a salt rock lamp. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, so it will just aroma therapy. Yeah, so you know essential like oils a... diffusers. Okay. So sure, it's an sure, essential yeah. oil diffuser. So you know you put whatever essential oil you want in there, and it diffuses out into the air, and that's healthy. And then. It's also a salt rock machine, so like you keep it on the whole time when you sleep or whatever, and it's it's not nearly as intensive as one of those rooms, but you're using it a lot more often. Yeah, I'll, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I uh, I heard a lady on a podcast with Doctor Wilson. Uh, she's I can't think of her name, but she's an essential oil guru. I'll call her, and and she, basically she was saying just think about it. I mean, just cause she says I'm not going to fill my whole house with it. But, you know, something like what you have or or even just putting it on the skin because it'll absorb through or just smelling some of these, if you know what you're doing, is we, is therapeutic and beneficial. I think we have yep. these in our store, but I better go check just to make sure because I have some with me now and I absolutely love them on this trip. Uh, let me see if mm -hmm. I can find them. Uh, I think we have them in the store. What is it exactly? Uh, the, 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 or is it a they're device? actually just no. They're just little um, like like cleaning towels in a little packet. You just tear the packet open and you unfold it, and it, you've got a little cleaning towel. But they're all infused with essential oils. That's all that's in them. But they they actually you just rub them on your skin. Well, I use them to clean my hands. I use them to clean all kinds of stuff. I, you know when 
it's just working around the coach or whatever. I get my hands dirty when I'm hooking up. I, I just, I keep yeah. those and I just grab them and they smell incredible. Uh, okay. Let me, I th- we do have them in the store. I just got to find them. Um, Urb- Urban Essentials, uh, assorted towelettes. Okay. So they come in lavender, lemon, orange, peppermint, eucalyptus. They're all just these these towels individually wrapped with, they're infused with essential oils. And I use them to clean up everywhere. They clean things amazing. I use them to wipe down counters or whatever. I use them to clean my hands. Um, and we do have them in the store. Just look up, uh, oh, if you type in the word essentials, it will probably come up. Okay, yeah, that'll be good to clean my, my steering wheel because I do eat the raw meat in the truck. and it It's sometimes perfect for that messy. kind of stuff. Yeah, I use them all over yeah. the coach just to wipe stuff down. I use them to clean my hands, and they smell amazing. Hey, speaking of clean, a couple of weeks ago I told you, I think it was on a space, which I hope you do one today, but uh, that I hadn't washed my hair, right? And so I, last Saturday was five weeks I wow. had not washed my hair. Now I get in the shower. I run warm water over it. Yeah. I massage it around like I'm like I got shampoo. But anyway, I want to tell you exactly what happened. Nothing. It was looked fine. It was it was like Elvis Presley hair because it's you combed it and it just stayed there. <laughs> right. And it, but it felt fine. It didn't. It was incredible. You know, I was like, it, why? Why do I have all this, this shit? Well, not all the shit. I have a bottle of shampoo. But anyway, I, I did wash it at five weeks and it just ruined it. You I, know. It just, <laughs> You know, it's one of those things that we have such a hard time getting our head around. We have been so brainwashed into this daily routine of stripping everything off of our body with all these crazy chemicals and then trying to replace all the stuff we just stripped off our body with a bunch more chemicals. Yeah, it's 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 it's. It's everybody drinking the Jonesboro Kool-Aid. It's like, why am I doing this? It's even worse, though, because not only are are they all brainwashed into doing it, but if you happen to mention to somebody that you don't shower all that often and you don't use soap, uh, people look at you like you're a total nut job and you're a filthy, disgusting pig. Yep, and guess what? The lady I live with. You think she knows? <laughs> Hell no, because I won't tell. She ain't on board. She ain't on board, and I don't. I sound like Loretta now. I don't. I don't tell her. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. And she, you know what? She doesn't notice the difference. You know what I mean? There's no. There's nothing. They can't tell it. Right. There's no smell. There's right. no grease. It's hair. It's I just, know. Anyway, so and until i bought your uh primary what's that um the toothpaste you sell the tooth powder oh primal. primary life primary primal, life. primal. until i bought that i uh, hadn't used toothpaste in so long i i don't can't remember the date um and you know what difference it made none but you know what difference that product is making a lot it's yes. good and, yeah. and people should try it it's it's amazing especially those gum drops yeah so a couple of key products yeah okay i'll use them they're good but the soaps and the shampoos yeah. and the colognes and whatever forget it I, I heard a story on a podcast this lady she, she swims uh she's a swimmer and she, her whole body unfortunately it's chlorine so she she covers her whole body in coconut oil and she says it gives her 30 minutes of protection from the interesting chlorine. that's a good thought yeah you know it would yeah you know if you, if you fuck, just just do that i guess it lasts for 30 minutes and um so uh Excellent. all right i i uh yeah 
I could go on. You put a nickel in me, and I just keep going and going. <laughs> you know. But, uh. All right. Well, I I am going to cut you loose because uh, I'm going to take a couple more calls, and then we're actually going to wrap this up today. I uh, I want to get on with the next stage of this. Um, let's go to Washington. Tom, welcome. Yeah, hi, Kevin. Hey, uh, um, the last caller, the coconut oil for the swimmer, the the reason that a lot of places before you get in the pool want you to take a shower before you get in the pool, you and you, you're always offended because you think, well, I'm not dirty. I just showered before I got down here. But it's to keep the chlorine off your body. It puts the layer of water on there so the chlorine doesn't uh, actually hit your skin that quick. That's why, yeah. they, that's why they recommend a shower before you get in the pool. No, I'll tell you the real reason. Because I know exactly what the okay. real reason is. It's all these products we do use. Shampoo, conditioner, body lotions, all that stuff is murder on the filter system of their pools. That probably 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 true too. That well, maybe that's just a wise tale that they, I heard. They want you to get as much of that stuff off your body before you go in the pool. Otherwise, it it like doubles the pool maintenance. If you could get everybody to to strip all <laughs> that crap off their body before they got in, you would clean your filters in that pool about half as often. I've had hot tubs long enough Man. to know. Got the gospel down. Um, oh, the the vagus or vagal nerve. I'm not. How do you say it? Vagal. I'm, I'm not sure what the proper, proper tense is. It's it's the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S, and I'm not always sure which which tense you use. Vagal, vagus. I don't know. But if you say something close, we'll know what okay. you're talking about. Yeah. So that nerve, anyway. The two best stimulants that I've found for that that'll actually stimulate it from the bottom of your feet to the tips of your fingers, top of your head are uh, deer and elk. They have them jump in front of you <laughs> and that nerve, I'm telling you. It lights <laughs> right up. Yeah, it lights it'll, right up. It'll shock, the, it'll shock the shit out of you. Um, the, oh, the reason for my call, but I haven't heard you talk about your L. Ruderai yogurt for a long time. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I wondered if I, if I might be able to talk you into posting on on X or Twitter, whatever you call it. Um, I, I guess you came down with a real good yogurt machine that, you know, does the temperatures and, and it makes quite a few batches. And the strains that and the temperatures that you ran those at because I, I boy it's probably been what two years now since you started making those different strains of yogurts and whatnot but i, I am thoroughly convinced that the gut bacteria is probably besides your diet the number one thing to go after uh for health i agree and it's um, such a it's it, it so, is infancy but so we have it all posted somewhere. The better site to get a lot of it from is, is Dr. Davis's site. As far as the machine, all I've really used to make yogurt is my, um, and it's made by Breville, the, the sous vide stick machine, the sous vide. That's all I use. I mean, that, that by far, that's the best way to make yogurt. Just the sous vide stick? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting it. So, so is it on Dr. Davis's? 
Yeah, all of the recipes, the temperatures, all of that are there. It's on our website, too, Healthy Tribes Somewhere. I mean, I know we, we put out a paper on all of that. We have instructions on how to make each one with temperatures. So a sous vide machine is a, I call it a stick because that's what they look like. Um, you just... You fill you a container in the water, and it gets what one temperature, and it holds that temperature down to a tenth of a degree. I mean, I can set my sous vide oh, not at just one hundred; I, I can set it at one hundred point six if I want, and it maintains that precise temperature. And so you're just like cold, or like like. You're, it's like, like you're canning the yogurt in a, you know what I mean? In a water bath. the yogurt in a, so, in he, a, uh, so here's what I do. In a water you, bath. You, you get any big container you want, because these things will yeah. hold temperature on a, like several gallons of water. So I use a container that mm-hmm. I can get eight quarts in. So that's two gallons of yogurt. And I just turn on the sous vide machine and it will. And then you actually put lids fairly loosely on quart jars. I fill the quart jars with my yogurt that I'm about to cook. And you just fill the water up to like the neck of those jars. So they're almost completely submerged in that water. And then the sous vide machine just keeps that precise temperature for as long as you want it to. And then you're done. And when you you're, you take, you take your jars out and you've got quart jars of yogurt done. Right. And then, and then uh, a lot of the different strains of bacteria were different temperatures, different times. So really, if I um, remember right, there was only two temperatures, 100 and 106. There might have been one strain in there that was slightly different. So you could make three strains all at once if you want, because they're going to be in there for at the same temperature anyway. Then you might run another batch and do two or three more strains that also run at the same temperature. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. That's And Dr. Davis is big on the, on the different uh, strains of yogurt. Cause I remember you got the... You, you you had the uh um the one I called about what uh now El Ruderai the um El Ruderai and was that the, then you had another one that 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 uh, you had the tablets that were a little bit pricey I I want to say one hundred and ten dollars and you didn't you got maybe twenty tablets but you only needed one tablet out of that or something yeah we um, for a while was that El Ruderai no it wasn't the El Ruderai um for a while we went and bought. The all I think there were six strains, maybe seven. We bought them all somewhat right. in bulk, and then we because it was that thing. Why why do I want to buy twenty of these when I only need one? Once I have one, that's all I need. Or sometimes you needed two or three to have enough. But once you had it, then you didn't ever need it again because you can just keep making that same batch from the yogurt you've already made. So we did go out and buy it all in bulk, and we weren't even selling it. We were just giving it away. You had to put in an order, and then we would send it out to you. Um, We ran out, and we didn't have enough demand anymore to go back and do it again because we've moved on. We haven't been talking about it as much. Um, But Do you still have that original strain of El Ruderai that you made? uh, I have some frozen in my freezer, yeah. I haven't made El Ruderai in about six months. 
You can freeze it. Okay. So okay, well, let me let me be clear uh, about really that. Don't try to freeze the finished yogurt. It will not work well at all. It breaks. It becomes almost inedible. But what you can freeze is your yogurt starter. So either the whey or just a couple tablespoons of yogurt, you can freeze. Like I would just freeze a whole pint of yogurt. I, I would pour some of my batch into a pint and I would freeze it. That I'm never going to eat that yogurt that I froze, but I can always use it as a starter. And it won't kill the bacteria. It does not kill the bacteria to freeze it, no. In fact, that's the best way to keep the bacteria. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like a starter. Yeah, it's like a starter for... I, my mom had a bread starter that right. she got from her Sourdough. grandmother. I just thought it was trash, and I threw it away one time. Sourdough. Right. Oh, boy, you'd have thought that. you thought I killed my brother. It, you know that, what I mean? That, I literally some, had to for, go... For yeah. some people, sourdough starters are like a family heirloom. It was. It was, yeah. it was from her great grandmother. Right. Some stupid thing. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Kevin. I'll look Dr. Davis up online there. Oh, and uh, what is that, Dr. Ben Tapper? Yes. Yep. Okay. 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 I've so, real quick, um, Sarah okay. just sent ben this Tapper. over, and this is from our website. We have a chart, and oh, okay. it, it lists. Like El Ruderai, we, we always gave him a nickname. We call that one Rudy Tootie. Um, you culture that one at 100 degrees for 36 hours. It needs 10 pills to start. And then once you have a batch, you need two tablespoons of yogurt as your starter. Uh, now, on the other hand, the barbarian, okay. B. coagulans. I remember right. That one might have been good for weight loss, I think. I'm sure. Um you actually culture that one at 120 degrees. I forgot about that one uh, for 36 hours. That one okay. needs two pills. Then there uh, are the Bomber and my Sharota both culture at 109. So you could do those two batches together. <laughs> I, re I remember when you were. I remember when you were renaming them. You know, you're like you tried to say the real name, and you're like, we're, you know what? We're just going to call we're this one the Barbarian. Yeah, like that's, like that's this funny. one. It, it was L Helveticus and B Longum, and I just named that one. Hell, that name's too long. <laughs> <laughs> That one also my ribs, man. So it makes me laugh. That one also <laughs> cultures at a hundred degrees, so you could do a batch of El Ruderai and you could do Rudy Tootie and Hell. That name's too long together because they culture at the same temperature. So we have we have charts, we have directions, we we've got everything you need somewhere on our website. Somewhere I just have to find it. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much, my friend. Enjoy yourself down in uh, Nashville, and uh, uh, I'm sure you're going to share what you learned. And, and boy, you did you did uh, get a lot of people uh, pissed off about your parking and at eight o'clock in the morning with 15 different spots there. Yeah, so here's the thing: I got thinking about this. I have I was a little shocked by this number, but I think I have to be pretty close to about 300,000 miles in an RV now, going all the way back to our first RV, then really? the then the fifth wheel the toy hauler we built and i've got two almost two hundred thousand miles on this one that i've put on so i'm pretty sure i must be close to about three hundred thousand miles and in all that time i've never taken a truck spot at night ever i just don't do it i find some yeah, other way to great. park no during the day i will yeah. many many times set up in a truck stop to do my show 
So it was just, you know, the minute I posted that picture, people were just ripping me. You could see the empty spots next to me. And they're like, you get the hell out of those truck spots with that RV. One guy today actually posted, I know of drivers who couldn't find a parking spot at night and they crashed 15 minutes. I'm like, look, if you crashed a truck, please don't blame it on not finding a parking spot. Because that's your you issue, know, um, not anybody else's. If you can't find a spot then and you can't drive because you're not safe, then don't drive. But to, to claim, first well, off, I'm, that that I take spots from trucks just isn't true. I do it in the daytime when they're wide open and nobody's really looking for a spot. Everybody, everybody that listens to you knows. And um, I don't. I don't. I I try to stay east, uh, west of the Mississippi. I don't like to go east of the Mississippi, and and one of the big reasons is because of the parking. And there's a couple places here, even west of Mississippi, Texas, that are a pain in the ass to park in. But uh, I've noticed in the last, especially month, uh, parking sure has gotten a lot easier. I you know, was, you roll into a place at nine o'clock at night sometimes, and you're worried about it. And so I far, was, I mean, it's getting. I was going to ask about that. Because I was a little shocked. One of yeah. the one of the areas that I always had a struggle with was like right through the Midwest, Missouri, especially on uh, what is it, forty four that goes down out of forty. That mm-hmm. area, it just yeah. I have had some of the worst parking issues in that area. I, for some reason, I always seem to be pushing later into the night when I'm in there. Um, there aren't that many truck stops across several of those stretches. There's not a lot of rest areas. So it, it just, I'm always kind of paying attention when I'm going through there. And sure enough, this trip coming through Missouri, I just, I pushed it till later at night than I normally do. And I thought, boy, am I going to be able to park? I pulled off in a rest area. There was like 40 spaces for trucks and only about four trucks in there. And it was 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. When I got up the next morning, there might right. have right. been there might have been twelve trucks in the whole place. It was wide open, and then I left there, went to that truck stop where I took that picture, and they had like twenty spaces with three trucks in there. But the, at, at eight o'clock in the morning, right? It was early. Yeah, yeah. I was I was shocked at how easy yeah, it was right. to find parking on this trip. That uh, if you're on forty four again, that there's a casino on the right hand side there, something Buffalo. Uh, that's a that's a fantastic place to park at. Yeah, uh, plus I, they have a really good uh, they have a really good um, uh, uh, thing in there. You take your laundry in there. They'll do your laundry and oh, uh, nice. showers. A, a really good uh, tr- a driver lounge area, which is really cool. Not oh. many people know about it, so I'll have that's to re- why it's still really nice. I'll have to remember that. My experience going through that area was the truck stops, the few that are out there are always packed. You, you couldn't find any place to park. And then yeah. I would get off weird exits, like looking for little campgrounds or RV parks. That can get really interesting. Getting off exits in that part of the world. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You've never, you've never, you've never got rousted at a, um, a shopping center, or I always get rousted at shopping centers I, and even some WalMarts now. I won't do shopping centers. I, I won't do malls because of that. Because the the last thing I want right. is being an hour and a half into sleep and having somebody wake me up and tell me I got to move. 
No, right. Yeah, and you're like, well, it was hard to find a... a, a <laughs> and like, now I'm, now I'm, I'm twice as tired. I <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, but anyway, so bargains getting easier, and they're falling like flies out here. I, I can't believe my company is still... Uh, Still in business, but uh, they keep me rolling three thousand miles a week. So good. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, almost blessed to be a company driver now. You know. There you go. All right, we're gonna move along. We're gonna head off to Michigan. Rick, welcome. Yeah. Hello, Kevin. I'm. I'm interested in Liberty Share. I'm look. I'm on Medicare, and I'm looking for something to replace all these Medicare plans. You think that would work for me? You have to be a little careful with that because, like everything the government does, they have so overcomplicated Medicare. Why the hell do we need Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D? Some people get a bonus. Some people get money. Some people get this. Depends on what zip code you live in. I, Medicare is an absolute disaster. And I don't even actually when I went through my my uh, CFP training, I did have to know all this stuff. I had to know Social Security. I didn't know Medicare. Um, I promptly forgot all of that as soon as I was able to, uh, which means right after I passed the test, because it's a, it's just it it's ridiculously complicated. So I I can't tell you for sure what what parts of Medicare you might be able to replace with a with a sharing program. I just don't know. Yeah. Okay. Because I know the health insurance thing. I'll give you an example. I had to have a stress test done because I had a heart attack in 2013 to get my DLT card. And uh, they, if I paid for it myself, it was 3800 The cardiologist told me that the um, University of Michigan pays for it, and they pay 200 through the insurance because the insurance has a contract with the medical system. And, and that's, the, that's the crazy part well, of the insurance uh, plans. Well, here's how crazy that can get because a lot of times the opposite will happen. You could go to a doctor and say, how much is this procedure? And they'll say, well, it's $800 and, and insurance covers it. And when you tell them you don't have insurance, they'll do it for 400 instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of places that um, that you can go, you know, without insurance and get those now, done. But now, here's, this, uh, how, here's stress, how the, the medical has- sharing works. Because it's not insurance... You always pay out of your own pocket. So you, when you're getting anything done, you negotiate directly with the provider, whatever price you negotiate, you pay for it, and then you turn around and submit it uh, for reimbursement, which it, it, that, it gives you more control over your cost doing it that way. Yeah, I figured that. I knew you would know the numbers because... Uh, because you're a numbers guy, and I, I like how you help these guys when they call in. And uh, I talked to you about Tesla before at, at, on here, and uh, at I think the trucking one of the trucking shows. But uh, it, it's it, it's just yeah, the Medicare thing is so confusing. It's it, a mess. You know, my wife but, just goes crazy. With it, here, here's it, what it, I it here's what I don't understand. We're all Americans. We all pay taxes. Why are there different Medicare programs in different zip codes? Some people get benefits that other people don't. What the hell's with that? Yeah, I, 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 I've heard that. I've heard that, too. And it's, uh, 
Well, it's just a problem. The, the more the government yeah. gets involved, the worse things get all the time. So Yeah, there's that their company, Joe Namath, does their commercials, and it's call us and tell us your zip code, and we'll tell you what kind of free stuff you get from the government. Right, right. What a disaster. Maybe certain certain congressmen negotiate that into the bill. Who knows? I'm sure. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. I, w- I well, wish th- I could tell you, for, I- um, you, you might want to just call Liberty Share Direct. I've always really had, I've gotten great answers out of their customer service. You may just call them and ask. They they may be able to tell you. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Thank you. And, and, and thank you for your show. It's, it's a wonderful show. Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. All right. That, uh, oh, no, we've got another one here. Let's go to... BC. Colin, welcome. Hey, I'd like to just follow up on your one guy that called in about the less shampoo showering. So I don't even know. It's probably been two or three months. I haven't put soap really anywhere. I do cold exposure in rivers whenever I get a chance. I wash off when I'm in there. Yeah. I cold shower at truck stops. My 11-year-old daughters used to always bug me about how smelly I was and not in a good way. And right. lately when I've been home, she like holds on tighter and she says, oh, dad, you smell so good. What do you have on? And I tell her nothing. And she kind of looks at me weird like you don't wash your hair. Or nothing. Nope, nothing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's, uh, I, I don't know. The skin feels different. I had a lot of really, really dry scalp for decades. That's almost all gone also. And the shampoo I was using, I've been using like handmade all oh, natural. Oh, I know, right. In, right. As far as I thought, shampoo for, for decades. It, and still, I had dry skin on my head. I used to get really weird skin things. It was actually one of your shows. Somebody thought, oh, I'm just going to quit everything and see what happens. Right. And it's definitely been better. Um, the other thing is the dental powder has made a huge difference in breath issues that really about mature too. So that's also part it, of it is just uh, uh, the less chemicals the better the less chemicals the better our body handles all this stuff on its own until we start interfering with all these chemicals and cleaners and it, but it is still it it is like taboo to talk about this in general public people look at you like you have just lost your mind yeah but that's interesting that your daughter noticed yeah it's been incredible. And uh, while I got you, cold exposure, does it count just like staying outside in the wintertime? Yeah. You know, with like it almost does. nothing on? Here's, that, that's fine, too. I don't have to jump in a river when it's frozen. No, you don't have to. Not at all. Here's, here's really what we're looking for. Um, one of the signs that you're getting a health benefit is that you're shivering. If you're shivering, it's a good thing. And I don't okay. care how that happens. If it happens because you tur- you roll your window down in the wintertime while you're driving and it just gets cold enough inside your truck that you're shivering, you're getting health benefits. Okay. So that would also eliminate the whole, like you talk about, try and do four minutes. There's, there's no way now, um, like a minute and a half in some of the water I've been in recently, like I can barely feel my skin. <laughs> I've started to reduce my time. As, as the temperature drops, like I'm not, right. I'm not trying to get four, but I, I actually run a stopwatch because I want to know where I'm at just to push myself a little bit. Right. But uh, right. probably the biggest benefit I notice is the, what it does to my brain. The, I swear I'm not as depressed about life and all that. And I know that's part of the point is the stress management of it. But 
you know, we, starting to get this addiction of, oh, where can I go? How do I get pulled today and whatnot? It's kind of been fun. You know, we I, I talked about this word before. The the word where that, that best describes what you feel is euphoria. And and it's hard to describe. Exactly what it is. You feel good, really good for no apparent reason. Well, maybe it's comparable to in a past life. I've, I've done a lot of street drugs, and I swear you almost feel some of that yes. high you used to get from doing it, bad things. Yeah, I, I, because I guess the same chemicals would be activated. I, I used that example, and I, I've been honest about my drug use over the years. I've experimented with all kinds of things, and they create euphoria. That's why people get addicted to them. That feeling is so powerful. The problem is it's very temporary. You can't keep taking drugs. to, And after a while, the drug won't even create the euphoria anymore. And then the problems set in. So it, it, drugs will do it. It's just not a good way of becoming euphoric. But you're right. It, what I haven't noticed that decline with cold exposure it's the same thing every time i do it that's the beauty that that's feeling, and then you're looking for it again the next time that is the beauty i believe as human beings we are supposed to experience this euphoric feeling most of the time and yet in our modern life honestly i don't ever experience it ever i it it takes something like this and then i remembered what it was like to feel euphoric again well it seems to me all those feelings come from like nature like some of the places i drive the overload of my brain of the oranges and the right. yellows in the trees or in the in the spring when it turns green and it's coming out of the snow like it's all like these natural experiences that seem exactly. to like activate that the most but i guess it kind of makes sense it, right, right. I think this is our natural state. We are supposed to feel that good most of the time. And I really believe that our modern life has almost made that feeling vanish. Yeah. And, and right is it any wonder, hey, it, 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 just based on what we're talking about, is it any wonder that we have so many people addicted to drugs? They want that feeling and they don't know any other way of getting it. Absolutely. All right. Well, awesome show as normal, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, that was a good show. Did uh, did we just do all three hours? Time is. I'm so confused about time now. One, eleven. Tw no, we did. Yeah, three hours. We started at ten. Huh? Man, that went fast. Uh, thanks for all the calls. It was a great show today. Great, great questions. Great comments. We will see you back here tomorrow. Uh, I'll be doing one hour of free-for-all, then we, I believe, will have one hour of rolling toe. Uh, and Friday will be a normal show day as well. Next week's schedule might end up changing because of the event itself, but I'll, uh, I'll keep you updated as we know. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.